Hey Hey y'all! And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. Hey y'all! Hey y'all! It's Misty. It's Ani. And Erin. And we are having session zero of our Nameless City campaign. So it's uh, we're going to be playing some D&D, uh, going to throw some lore at you guys, and uh, honestly probably notes. just do a lot of st- stupid shit. <laughs> so <laughs> like my first time DMing, their first time playing, it's, it's going to be interesting to say the least. So I'm ready for notes. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so I figured what we'd do is I'd, I'd read a bunch of shit, and then um, I could read my little summary thing about Jazara, and then you guys could read your things about your character, and then uh, I will do more shit, and then you know <laughs> when it's time, because I'll be like, right. hey! So uh, I'm going to start with reading some shit. So Cool. Reading some shit. Take that, reading rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Here you Even go, reading rainbow. My Mine too. I like reading rainbow. <laughs> if this is the grown-up version. It's the. Uh... It's like the uh, the yoga guy that I that I send you. <laughs> Just fucking sit down. It doesn't matter. Just, Just fucking, fucking do it. Sit down. Breathe. <laughs> All right. Um, there will be a full disclaimer at the end of the episode that gives credit where all of the credit is due when it comes to who owns D&D and who owns Exandria. But for the record, uh, this podcast and this D&D uh, campaign is set in Exandria and the credit of the creation of Exandria goes to Matthew Mercer and the people at Critical Role. Um, the Nameless City and the characters of our party are all original characters that are created by the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast. All right. So I'm going to have a longer description at the end. (laughs) Are we a what? Are we a TM or a registered trademark? (laughs) Uh, D&D is a registered trademark. Mm -hmm. And I want to say Xandria and like all of Matt Mercer's shit is probably a trademark Sorry. in some way too so yeah but uh but i want to like throw that out there it's like the nameless city is ours however the planet <laughs> does not belong to us and i do not take credit for the creation of xandria <laughs> itself so but i we I put will... our stink in this little spot it's just one little spot of tunnels yeah. <laughs> so, and and a bunch of this shit i will do in the future to matthew mercer's beautiful planets <laughs> i take the blame for that <laughs> not matt so exandria a planet of the mortal realm gifted with many creations by the gods of exandria It became a diverse place full of magic, beauty, and countless wonders that thrived under the careful watch of the gods themselves. However, where there is love and beauty, so too does hate and anger exist, and the peaceful times of Exandria and its kin would not last. The chaos born of Exandria could not be tamed, and even with the gift of magic given unto the world by the gods, the people of Exandria only became further suffused in the chaotic imminence. And eventually, the world of Exandria began to fight back. 
The primordial titans, the original entities of nature and chaos that existed within the world, opposed the rising strength of the mortals through magic and the gods who had gifted it unto them. The primordial titans waged a devastating war against the people of Exandria, resulting in a tremendous loss of many of the gods' dearest creations, the mortals of whom they so dearly loved. Heartbroken at the loss of their creations, some of the gods sought to rid Exandria of all life in order to start anew. The other gods, outraged at this betrayal upon which they had created, clashed with their kin and banished these betrayers to another realm. Peace, once again, prospered in Exandria, and with it, magic began to flourish across the planet in ways never seen before. For a time, peace prevailed, and for a time, the mortals prospered, and the long age of Arcanum began, heralding the height of the mortals' glorious magic. The magic of the mortals of Exandria reached new heights, but so too did their arrogance. And eventually, with the releasing of the betrayer gods, the arrogance of mortals would be their downfall. The betrayer gods and the prime deities clashed in a horrific war known as the Calamity, lasting centuries, and by the time the war was brought to an end, less than one-third of Exandria's population would survive. Over the centuries, society would slowly begin to reshape, who the world of Exandria would never be the same. In the world of Exandria, you will find a city, deep underground in what is known as the Underdark. The nameless city was created generations ago by families who were fleeing the calamity of the surface as the wars between the prime deities and the betrayer gods rendered Exandria wrought with destruction. Seeking shelter beneath the surface world where they expected to find safety and refuge, instead found horrors untold. Upon reaching the subterranean network of caves known collectively as the Underdark, the fleeing families were met with creatures of immense strength, absence of compassion, and the terrifying ability to control the mind. The Illithids, or Mind Flayers, of the subterranean Lower Dark quickly proved that none would be safe, and their legions of mindless creatures under their control marched upon the fleeing peoples from the surface, capturing or killing all they came across. In order to combat this oncoming army, five families came together to create a device to combat the Illithids. Five members of the Crystal Catchers, a family of deep gnomes, came together to construct a machine. Five Duragar of the Silent Hammer family mined and offered a powerful Dragonite crystal that would act as the machine's arcane center. A third family, the Drow Din of Telena, created the magical circle that would be used to imbue the machine with its magical spell through five of their most talented spellcrafters. The fourth family, a clan of vampires and their damphir kin, known as the Kel, called upon their power of the moon through the Moonweaver's blessing and fueled the machine with the moon's unwavering magic. The fifth and final family, tieflings known as the Nykor, made a different kind of contribution. The magic of the Moonweaver, gifted through Katha, the largest of the two moons, was too strong for the crystal to take on directly. The Nykor, gifted with mages of ancient power, were supposed to come together as five and act as the conduit from which the magic of the moon Katha would enter into the crystal and power the device. But before the transfer of power could be completed, the Illithid power broke past the defenses and attacked. 
using their psionic abilities to overtake the minds of four of the Nykor mages and dragged them out of the spell circle, leaving only one mage who was strong enough to resist their psychic control. Running out of time, the fifth family leader and the only remaining mage within the circle used themselves as the only magical conduit to finish powering the device, taking on the full force of the moon's magic, sacrificing their own life in the process. But the sacrifice was not in vain, and the result was the activation of the device and with it the creation of a magical barrier whose spell would force out and keep at bay all beings with psychic abilities, pushing back and ending the threat of the deepest, most dangerous creatures that the Underdark had to offer. The barrier, producing a mind-numbing wavelength of sound that resonates with those with psychic abilities and makes it impossible for them to near the barrier's influence. This barrier, to this day, prevents the Lithids, or those under their control, from being able to approach the city itself, and thus the five families and their creation were able to protect their new homeland. Over the generations, these families rose to power as more refugees from the surface came to harbor within the barrier's walls, and eventually the nameless city was created. Now these five original families rule over the city in the form of the Dragonite Syndicate, the leader of which has always been the acting head of the fifth family in order to honor the final mage's sacrifice for the creation of the device and the protection of the city. The nameless city is nestled far beneath the surface world of Exandria into the reaches of the Underdark. Built by the five founding families around the Ferez, a magical well of tremendous power during the calamity of the surface world. For centuries, the inhabitants of the city have carved their homes into the stone walls of the cavern of the mighty stalagmites and down the far-reaching stalactites that hang from above. The nameless city is a beautiful melody of glowing arcane crystals, smooth, rich stone, and a populace like none you would find on the surface. Controlled by the five families of the Dragonite Syndicate, the population thrives even amidst the churning chaos of the Underdark. The mines and smithies of the Silent Hammer family of the Duergar supplies the city with metals needed for crafting and the crystals used as vessels of magical power throughout the city. The Crystal Catchers, a family of deep gnomes who tinkered creations, have allowed the city to find increasingly effective ways to defend itself from the horrors of the Underdark. The Telena Drowden holds tightly to the physical and magical defense of the city through their training and control of the city guard. The Kell family, made of vampires and Damphir, champion the heart of the city's dedication to the Moonweaver through their ability to heal and their gift of knowledge and mediation. And finally, sitting at the head of the city's Dragonite Syndicate, exists the Nykor family, tieflings known for their deep well of magical talents and their unwavering dedication to the continued prosperity of the Nameless City. It is in, within the Nameless City that we find our party, my own character, is Jazara Telena, a half-drow woman who is roughly 25 years old, with a purple tinge to her skin that is offset in stark contrast by her short white hair. Jazara's ranger capabilities have allowed her a deep understanding of the Underdark and the horrors that lie within. With her mother missing and Jazara's statue as a half-drow, bringing her to the center of conflict within the Telena family, Jazara seeks the world beyond the walls. And when she cannot find that, she seeks adventure instead. Often with her dearest companions, Valkaria Nightcore and Asha Kell by her side, dedicated both to the protection of the nameless city and to one day finding her mother beyond the walls, 
Jazara is caught between two equally important goals, but she knows that so long as she has her companions by her side and a bow in hand, that there is nothing that the Underdark or the surface world above could throw at her that they could not handle. And... Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so cute! <laughs> I didn't write I anything it. fancy like that, so I did not have the time. That's I just have literally fair. notes. Just... That's absolutely fair. <laughs> so Jazara Telena is my character. She is the half-drow, and so not only will I be the DM for this campaign, but I will be one of the party as a party of two. It's a, just a great way to end this campaign real fast. <laughs> so instead, it's, it's, a, it's a party of three. Uh, and also just, you know, for the benefit of having like a character that I can control and be like, hey, we should run away from the dragons. So. <laughs> not towards them like me. Well, yeah, I would try levels. and be like, hey, let's not. But, you know. Once I you think... watch it, like, level a city, you might want, you know, you might figure out some turnaround. So. Um, of the other members of the party, we'll start with Aaron. Would you like to describe your character, please? Okay. Um, my character's name is Asha Kell. Asha Kell is a 22-year-old half-drow, half-dampir, the only daughter of Thira Adareth and Seraphin Kell. As granddaughter of the Lord Weaver, she is fourth in line for a, the family seat in the Dragonite Syndicate. A Twilight cleric and an acolyte of her family's patron goddess, Sehenin Moonweaver, she volunteers at the Temple of the Moon as an apprentice healer. She thrives on structure and routine, even if she hoards information about the surface and dreams of dancing in the unobstructed moonlight. She ex loves exploring lost caverns and sitting in dark taverns with her best friends, and has an uncanny knack for memorizing even the most tangled of family trees. There is a running joke in her family that she has her mother's ears and her father's fangs. Armed with an innate sense for people, she wields her surprisingly wicked sense of humor and gossip-like weapons. Though it was ingrained in her by her mother that ladies do not start fights, her father assured her that they sure as hell can finish them. Oh, that's so cute! <laughs> that's adorable. Thank you. That is, I love the, like, her mother's ears and her father's fangs. It's so cute! Yes, she has pointy drow ears. Pointy <laughs> drow ears. That's so cute! <laughs> It's one of those and, things that came to me while lying in bed and like obsessing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. I I put off my obsessing of Jazara until like literally just like a couple days ago when I wrote that. <laughs> and she goes, when she goes, oh, I should probably write something. I'm like, you have it. <laughs> I I wrote an entire city lore instead. I know. Like, I know she. <laughs> she wrote a world, a campaign, but she didn't. She didn't write character. character. No, it's, fine. it's fine. We don't need it's that. It's fine. I that one will so... evolve in time. <laughs> I have so much like plan. I I know where this campaign starts and finishes now, and like that's saying something because holy fuck. But um, but yeah. So and a lot of it is me just adding more bullshit to it as it goes. It's gotten so much it's longer. Filler. It's just all right. filler. I mean, to be fair, like. This started as a one shot, and now it's gonna be a campaign. So like, yeah. I mean, like, as a writer, like I can relate to, but I like I usually only have the beginning, the ending. Fuck it. I've never had and an I ending. And I certainly nope, don't I have anything in once. Well, yeah, like I, because I always plan these like epic tomes. I don't. It's not like I'm like, oh, here's a novella. No, <laughs> no. 
That's fair. But hey, now we get to write an epic tome of our own together. So. Yes. And with that, we will introduce the third and final member of our party. Ani, would you like to describe your character, please? Yes. My my girl, her name is Valkaria Nykor. She is the heir to the Dragonite Syndicate. <sighs> her dad is the uh, the head honcho of the, of, of the Syndicate. She's a tiefling shadow sorceress with, I want to say, above expected powers, like power levels. Um, she's 22 years old. She doesn't blink unless she's surprised. She's got purple skin with metallic blue shadow sorceress designs that she created herself. Okay. Like kind of like a like a tattoo effect, you mean? Yeah, like a tattoo okay. effect. That's cool. Um, she absolutely loves going, you know, doing like learning about how the syndicate and everything runs, how the city runs with her dad, going out outings to like the outer cities, the small towns, whatever, just doing, you know, do, doing the big girl stuff. Yeah. But she will try to run away as much as she can because she cannot stand her mother. Her mother fusses over constantly. It's always like, ladies don't do that. The air doesn't do that. The air doesn't do this. You gotta do this. You gotta, she's like, stop it. Um, so she runs away. She loves to hang out with her friends, Jazara and Asha. She likes, one of her favorite things to do with Asha is to spend time combing records in the Temple of the Moon and listening to all the hot gossip around because she's a petty bitch. <laughs> That's fair. She's a big petty bitch. And she likes hanging out with Jazara and Asha, but, but her favorite thing that Jazara leads is, you know, wiping the guards clean with their money at the taverns. That's true. And no one knows Just, that it's them. Jazara is a gambler and... She plays a lot of cards, but she hasn't played an honest game of cards in at least a decade. She'll be honest with the dice, because you can't really, like, fuck with the dice. With cards, she hasn't played an honest game of cards in a long time. <laughs> well, why but, would she? She makes a killing, right? Yeah. So. We reap the benefits. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. And she's also, she takes a lot of that money because she's intending to, like, one day go to the to the surface world, you know, if she has to, to find her mother, so... She can right. afford some of the money, so which she keeps under a uh, a loose brick in her room, so nice. which is where most of it's kept. So, um, and for the record, the money of the Underdark and the money of the Surface World all gonna be same. Like, well, okay. I'm not gonna fuck with that. I am not gonna fuck with that. It's we gold. We don't need. We don't. It's need a to universal convert. currency. We don't need the gold. The universal currency. No. Like, let, let's go. Um, Sweet. Seven okay. amethyst crystals equals one pound of gold. Like, no. <laughs> and, the, and, like, the crystals in the Underdark are so common, it would be like going outside and, like, pulling a tree branch off and saying, money! <laughs> just like, no. Go just shake like, the money rock! <laughs> Don't shake the money rock, please! Um, and the only other thing that you guys need to know is that the crystals are used all over the city for various different kinds of things. They store magic, and, like, you can put little magic in them. Like, if you charge like put magic in them uh, you could charge them and they glow and stuff like that so um but yes so now that we've introduced our characters are you guys ready to get started yes oh yes all right the nameless city is where we find our party they're preparing like most of the city for the festival of the blue moon the festival of the blue moon is the nameless city's largest winter festival. It is also their most fun. Once a year, the moon Katha, as it shines above, turns blue, and the nameless city celebrates with decorations, festivities, a little bit of insanity, and a lot of fun. Our party 
is at currently at Kell Tower. And yes, I'm aware it sounds like Bell Tower. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Bell. <laughs> There's just a Kell. <laughs> so. There's a few Kell. <laughs> There's a couple Kell. No Bells, but but Kells. <laughs> Asha is currently sitting on the ground with a bunch of papers and to-do lists and a lot of things that need to be done all spread out around her. And as she works on that, and because she has been, in fact, put in charge along with the rest of the Kell family with the planning and the organization of the event. Helping her out in probably not the most productive ways <laughs> would be her two friends. <laughs> Valkaria Nyakor is currently using the weakest possibilities of her powers and is <laughs> sitting next to a large basket of uncharged crystals as she puts very small amounts of, char of magic into them to charge them to glow as they s as all of them stand next to a very large tree in the Kell courtyard hanging upside you bitch <laughs> You don't need a lot of magic to do it. You don't need, you just have to, it's like literally <laughs> children can do this. But they put this uh, mini tasks on Asha and she has delegated this one to you. So, is you have a giant, it's giant like, basket of crystals. Because you it's have like the when most you have to peel the potatoes. Thing. I peel the potatoes. You peel the potatoes. Okay. You have the most, you have the deepest well of magical abilities, so they right. handed you crystals and you went, charge. You're <laughs> <laughs> just standing there holding some crystals, and as you charge them, these crystals are part of decorations. And there is a giant tree, which is one of the centerpieces of the Kel Courtyard, that is getting decorated with these crystals. And about 50 feet up, hanging precariously upside down from a branch, is Jazara. <laughs> as she ties these crystals, two ribbons that as that has been her job that she's been instructed to do and valkaria is taking the charged crystals and using mage hand to hand them up to her as she ties them around and she's hopping from branch to branch just hanging more crystals <laughs> around and in all honesty it's probably the safest thing for them to do but they're doing it in the worst way possible so because ladders are just too simple <laughs> I, look, they don't need ladders. And Jazara is an elf. She's she will deny ladders in trees to the day she dies. So, no ladders. Only faith that she's not gonna fall out of this tree. No ladders. Only faith. Only, only magic. Faith. <laughs> Fucking love it. I can and, I can picture it just sitting there, just going, yeah. Just throwing it over my shoulder. You're literally Take standing it. there holding one and you're charging it and you're using your other hand to pass it <laughs> And, it's and just I'm just kind of watching all of it and trying and to write. And Asha, yeah, is just surrounded with papers, to-do lists, things she'd... Asha's very busy. Valkyrie yes. and Jazara are participating. Just maybe their skills could be used for other things, but this is... Probably. This is not the first time that Asha has been covered in colorful ink. Asha knows that this is the best way to keep them both quiet for a while so she can get something done. <laughs> but make them feel like they're doing something. And to be fair, this is not a new routine. They, the Festival of the Blue Moon happens every year, and every year 
somebody's got to do the little work and that's something that probably gets delegated to Jazara and Valkaria a lot. And in all honesty, a lot of the little stuff gets delegated on to uh, Asha too because like there's a bunch of Kel and they're all working on it and then there's like here's a stack of things. Do this. So right. As the as the youngest. <laughs> as the youngest, you're like, here you go. So as Asha is sitting and being productive and Valkaria is helping um bored out of her minds and Jazara is just gotten to the point where she's hanging precariously from branches uh, Asha your mother comes walking into the courtyard and your mother is a, a very beautiful woman she's got her hair done and pulled back into like a bun she's very well put together this is not a woman any of us in our lifetimes have ever seen it with a hair out of place she is the epitome of a lady and she does not take any shit like you do do not mess with this woman she might not be the lady of the house but she is the one who will tell you what to do all right and you do not mess with this woman and but for all that she is put together and all of the way that she knows everything about the family everything that goings on she comes into the courtyard it's probably the most harried you'd ever seen her. She is very, she's not in a way upset. She's just simply very irritated. And she looks at you and like, to be fair, she's irritated often though. <laughs> she just doesn't necessarily show it. She, but she's usually better not showing it. <laughs> right. She, she takes on a lot of the responsibilities of the festival of the blue moon. She deals with delegating a lot of her responsibilities onto other people. Sometimes that doesn't always go that well. One of the main features of the festival, besides hanging the decorations, the crystals, is also gathering and creating enough food for the festival and for the main ceremonies that participate within the festival. And a lot of these responsibilities are, de- are delegated onto her. But as she walks into the courtyard, she looks very, very put together, but harried at the same time. And she takes a deep breath and she sighs and she says, Asha, your aunt Jucinda has burned all of the mushrooms for the festival. Oh no. She just kind of like releases (coughs) this sigh that is very controlled as she does it. And like she is trying very hard to maintain that composure. And she looks at you, Asha, and she says, Apparently, the wind told her to do it. (laughs) And at this point, Asha and to the rest of the party, they've met Jucinda, Asha's aunt. And she is your father's sister, -sister. half-sister. She is one of those people that... As a full vampire, she does not need to eat. However, that has never stopped her from partaking in the mushrooms that the Underdark grows. Ah. Not a lot of them are not poisonous in some ways, but she's a vampire, so like those don't like she can't be poisoned to death. So they have unique effects on her <laughs> and unique properties, in which she usually show in her communicating with the wind. Just having discussions with rocks. Your Aunt Justin does a hippie. 
She's a stoner, <laughs> No, no, she's not a stoner. That girl's dropping acid. Yeah, that's true. And to be fair, she's on mushrooms. So. <laughs> and it, it is at this point that Jacinda, in her very flamboyant way that she does, she walks in and she's just like, but the wind, the wind speaks to me. <laughs> and it told me I had to burn them all because they were dangerous. They were yelling at me. They had to be burned. And actually, your mother looks at her and just stares at her for a moment and then turns back to you like she cannot physically handle this woman <laughs> at this moment. Her sister in law, her half sister in law, <clears throat> is reaching the point of like she might disappear in a minute. <laughs> but Jacinda is unalived very shortly. For all that your mother is very well put together, Jacinda is the exact opposite. She's got like billowing ripped sleeves. She has somehow managed to turn her hair green where it should definitely not be able to be green. And it is long and it has, and she has like, there's like little mushroom figurines like that are hanging out of it. She's got a lot of like these necklaces that have just so many crystals hanging off of them. And she's much shorter than your mother, but she stands with her hands up and like out and she never fully makes eye contact with most people and she is definitely looking around all the time like she is hearing something that nobody else is hearing this is trelawney in green colors well i was thinking radagast from the hobbit too it is a combination of both because i definitely thought of both when we were doing this And it was the hanging mushrooms. <laughs> Jacinda has definitely been known to like boil, cook, fry, like whatever, all kinds of different mushrooms that she'll just find. She won't test them to see if they're poisonous or not. <sighs> Poison doesn't really have much of an effect on her because she is a full vampire. And so she tends to subsist on mushrooms and the fumes that they produce and she is the only vampire to ever been known to be able to do this and it is very clear why it's a bad idea. <laughs> it is very clear why you shouldn't do this. She's and the family loon. She's the family cautionary tale is what it is. <laughs> yes, yes, she is. And she is a unique work. And as a part of your family, she is vastly different than all the rest. Like, this is not a, a woman who has the standard <laughs> in which your family is created by any means. Clearly not. No. <laughs> But your your mother, Asha, looks at you, and then she looks at uh, both Valkaria and Jazara, who's still up in the tree, but no longer upside down. And and she says, I need you girls to go and gather more mushrooms to replace the ones that Jucinda has burned. And you will have to go on the other side of the wall to do it, and do not tell me that you do not know how to get on the other side of that wall. I know where you go. And then, like... <laughs> absolute silence it is just like not saying a single thing but she is staring at you both yes auntie. and and to jazara who very slowly <laughs> climbs out of the tree and doesn't come back from around behind the tree <laughs> she's just like nope nope i'm excusing <laughs> yeah. myself from this conversation right now because definitely everyone's aware that the only person who knows how to how to like sneak out and do those things would be jazara and 
Yeah, and just Jazara is standing there hoping very much that she only thinks you guys sneak past the wall and doesn't know that you go to the surface at all. Because <laughs> that would get everybody in a lot of trouble. Mothers know. They yeah. always know. Oh, yeah. And your mother is an extremely watchful person. She knows everything. And you're really certain that nobody's ever gotten anything past your mother, possibly ever. Maybe since the moment she was born, like nothing has ever gotten past her. Sounds about right. All right. So she walks around. She has in one hand, she has three baskets in which she hands to each of you. (laughs) And then to Asha, and then to Asha, she hands you a list. And I'm sending that list to the group so that you can see it. It's a, it's a list written by your mother, and it's a list of the mushrooms that she needs. She says, I need you to collect all of these as quickly as possible. And also, while you're out there, please collect more crystals, because some of them have been misplaced. And she looks like at a side eye at Jucenda again. And Jucenda has fully wandered off and is now, like, staring at a wall and is just kind of just talking to it. And you're not really sure what she's saying because she's a little too far off at this point, but she is having a full conversation with this wall. She's and like, I am I pointedly to... trying to ignore her. Yes. <laughs> so she gives you this list and she says, I need you to collect all of these things as quickly as possible. The festival begins at the next midnight. So not this coming midnight, but the following midnight. Mm-hmm. And which is at the point when Katha is going to be directly over the cavern opening. And that's when uh, everyone in the city will be able to see it question how does time work do we work on the 24 hours 24 hours okay yeah also i should mention that this list she's printed it up on what looks like old parchment paper and Mm -hmm. i love it so much (laughs) i appreciate the details no thank you (laughs) i never get to use the fancy fonts for anything so i was just like there we go make it it look like it's handwritten i love it i love it thank you and i love my mother (laughs) <laughs> because it's weird, because I didn't write that down anywhere, yeah. but that is 100% how I pictured her, Aww. how I thought of her. Hive mind. Hive mind. Mm-hmm. Hive Here's, mind. <clears throat> you have to see what she's going to say about my mom. <laughs> Other than I'm tell- like, look, we have one brain cell and it hops from one brain to the other to the other yeah. and comes back. And sometimes <laughs> it brings ideas with it. <laughs> sometimes ideas come. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're... <laughs> sometimes they're weird. Sometimes they're bad. But they're shared. <laughs> it's also quite the feat because the brain cell has to travel from California to Florida and back. It's a very exhausted brain cell. Like, let's be honest here. It's an exhausted oh, brain cell. That is for sure. It's like, if it wasn't exhausted just anyway, like, it definitely is for making that kind of a trip. Our city is about seven to 8,000 people, so, like, it's not a massive city, but uh, it has, like, little outer districts plenty. and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> So, like, he's got little outer districts. There's buildings that are on the, uh, like, stalagmites and stalactites that come up and down. So, well, that's and cool. <laughs> the, um, the very, like, back part of the city, because most of it's up against, like, a cavern wall towards one of, like, what would be considered, like, the back area. That's where, mm-hmm. like, the Nycor family are. Mm-hmm. And part of their, like, where they live is in one of the uh, stalactites that comes... I think slag tights are the ones that comes down, but it comes down and actually touches the ground, and they mm-hmm. they live within that. So, so and what nobody knows is the uh, except for like a very select few people is that the, the res magical well of power actually sits behind their slag. That's a beautiful fucking city. We have a very beautiful city. 
It's full of crystals that we use as like lights and uh, like you can charge the crystals so they glow. So there's uh, crystals that are go all over the cities. We use them as lampposts and houses and things like that and like in stores and stuff. And uh, I like it. Yeah. So and I was explaining to Aaron that uh, the Nikor family actually there where you guys live is in a giant um, stalactite, whichever one comes down. It's stalactite or stalagmite. I think it's stalactite, but it comes down in this giant one that comes off the cavern ceiling and actually touches the uh, ground, and you guys live uh, partially in know. that. The way I remember it is, okay, so like stalactite, the T, like a capital T comes, so the T is the ceiling, and then it comes down. Makes sense. Stalagmite is M, up. Like an M. All right. That's how it's worked for me. That works. We'll take your word for it. It's been a long time since I had a geology class, to be honest with you. All right. So with uh, the orders, because it wasn't really a suggestion of, <laughs> of Ash's mother, the three of us are going to make our way out of the city. And to do that, we're going to have to do some sneaking. Okay. And I will switch from as the dm i'll say the like the party or i'll just a reference to jazara uh, if she's doing something but when i'm actually like speaking as jazara i'll go like my and this is you know okay. i'm going to mm -hmm. do this and like stuff like that just for the record of everyone because it's gonna get confusing because i'm gonna be doing a lot of talking so mm -hmm. um but if you hear me use first person that's that's jazara who's carrying 20 pounds of zerkwood all right, that's me. <laughs> Actually, I think that's probably Jazara because she's the one who's the strongest one. So, probably Jazara. You're carrying a lot of weight. I mean, then it's it's fine. It's okay. She has a she has a very high strength score. To be fair, so okay. If we're going to go and we're going to get your mom, what is a huge list? Oh my god, how much did you send to burn? That's the food for, like, all, the whole festival. The wind told her, remember? The, the wind, yes. This, that's, uh, okay, that's fine. I she mean, ate, she, how many of, oh no, she, she didn't eat any of these, just all the fumes? She burned just, she burned them. She set them on fire, and she burned them in what you can only assume was some kind of, like, pyre, like, bullshit. <laughs> like a bonfire 40, bullshit. she burned 40 mushrooms. Welcome. And these life. mushrooms, for the record, are underdark mushrooms. So they're not like little, like, you know, little <laughs> mushrooms that you eat, like in your food. These are massive fucking mushrooms in some regards. Like some mushrooms of the underdark are known to be as tall as any tree. And some of them are really small. Some of them are in weird shapes. Um, if you would like, these mushrooms are real and have very weird properties to them. If you would like me to tell you about them. Mm hmm. So, what the blue grains and the, uh, that is kind of like the grain of the Underdark. Like, it's a really common one, but it's something that's a staple that's pretty much in all of the food. Okay. The Midnight Scales, which is my own creation, is alcoholic. <laughs> and it's got like a dark sweet taste to it. Ooh. The Fire Mushroom has a pale, like, orange-white color. And it's very, it, it's warm to the touch. Like when you touch it, it is actually warm. 
and it is hot and spicy and is usually made into a paste. Um, okay. The Dawn Rays are caffeinated mushrooms. They're green and yellow. <laughs> that, that's that's mine. That's yeah. what I need. The yeah. Ripple Bar is a like it's a shelf like fungus that does in fact resemble like rotting flesh. It's disgusting to look at. Uh, but you does cook it. Smell it. just as bad. There isn't a huge smell to it. It's more of the look that looks disgusting. Okay. Um, but it is edible and it tastes uh, really rich when you roast it. Mm. The okay. Lilenthals are a like a bright green with like blue stripes on it, and they're they've got a sour taste to it. And it's not so much like a fruity sour taste, like if you bit into a lemon, but it's like this really sharp sour like punch. Okay. The Zirkwood is a massive mushroom that grows just to be like 40 feet tall. So you'll have to pull like pieces of it off. The, you just answered um, one of the questions I had saying, are any of the, of the mushrooms we need on this list going to, are we felling trees? Yes, yes, we're felling a tree because of this. You'll pro- probably, like with the Zirkwood, you can find smaller ones and just like fell it. But you can also, it comes off in like slices of, of long sheets of bark and that you could just oh. pull off. Okay. And the Azure stalks are, uh, have a very like zingy fresh fruit taste, despite the fact that they are just jet black. <laughs> very thin lines of like an Azure blue coloring to them. And Ormu is Ormu is kind of weird in all honesty, but it is a uh, it's a moss and it grows in like watery and damp areas. And when you harvest it, you can dry it, and that is actually not a food; that is a dye. It comes in different colors, okay. but uh, you it, that's a dye. And the crystals, you have blue crystals, green crystals, purple, and red. They don't particularly have any specifics about them other than the fact that the festival colors are blue with like a lesser green color to them. And then the purples and the reds are used as accents. The red crystals you guys would know are specifically for one of the ceremonies within the festival. So very important that you guys have them, but uh, you know, like there, there's no specific property to, to any of it. So. I need you to know she's been licking her dye because she got her ice cream on it. (laughs) I expect nothing less. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Okay, so if we need all of... Okay, sorry. (laughs) If we need all of these things, we're going to have to get going fast. Like, we have over 24 hours because at this point, it is early the... Um, early in the day, and it's not this midnight you need to be back, it's the following midnight. That right, you need to but be I'm back. sure we have to get it back in time for things to be cooked. For, and for prepping and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. So, because, like, a, a lot of it needs to be cooked, so it does need to be back preferably several hours beforehand because yeah. this is... We have less going. than 48 hours. Yes. And then we have, like, yeah, it's a, yeah, 36. Not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope you guys are ready because we need to get the fuck out of here. So, yep. all right. Or my mom's gonna kill us. Mm. <laughs> I really don't want to be killed by your mom. Dead and deader. 
Yeah, if we're not back on time, I don't want to be here when your mom finally, like, I don't think we're just going to come back. We're just going to have to leave. We're never going to come back. It's true. She's so scary. you guys have all the baskets in hand and Jazara starts to lead you through the city into what is now a familiar pathway to getting like outside of the city because she has taken both of you outside of the city walls before. It's not something you guys do like on a on even like a weekly basis or a monthly basis, but it is something you've done on a regular basis at this point. Yeah. So none of it's unfamiliar to you. She leads you through the city. And you get to, like, this stone passageway that isn't too far from the Kel Tower. It's in the distance between the Kel Tower and the Nykor family's uh, stalactite. And it's a piece of stone that if you push on it in the right way, it will turns into a doorway that leads into one of the tunnels that leads out underneath the wall. And it comes out on the other side just around a bend of where one of the sentry posts are. And at this point, I'm going to have everyone roll me a stealth check. So you're going to roll your d20, and then you're going to look on your character sheet and find stealth and add whatever number is there. Oh, oh there we go. Plus one for you, and it's plus one for me, so d20. Okay, so roll your d20s, and then tell me what you get. 11. 11? Mm-hmm. That's including the plus one. Yeah. Okay. Five. <laughs> five in total? Okay, that's okay. Jazara got a 20 in total. She rolled a 15. It's plus five. It's a group check, so just two or more have to succeed for you guys to be fine. So as as Jazara, like, she's, like, watching the sentry, she's, like, peeking out, and she gestures for Asha to go, and Asha, like, sneaks around the corner, and she waits, and just as she goes to gesture for uh, Valkaria to go, the sentry turns around at the last second, and she has to, and Jazara grabs Valkari and slams them both back against the wall <laughs> so that they can't be seen. And they just hold them there for a moment until the sentry like goes back in the other direction. And then all of all of us go around the corner and we sneak out into the Underdark. Uh, so we sneak off into the Underdark and the Underdark itself is a bunch of caves. There's no light outside of, you know, anything that glows in the crystals. The crystals do glow naturally out into the Underdark. They will lose their ability to glow over time and that's why people charge them but as we venture out into the underdark into the caverns our first cavern the cavern is has high walls of about 25 feet it comes up into a curve along the top and through the center of the pathway is a large deep ravine and then at the bottom it's fairly shallow water it's probably no more than like two feet deep from what you can tell and Everyone can make me a perception check to see if you spot anything. Plus five. Plus okay. five for you. <laughs> Nothing for me. All right. Thirteen. Thirteen. Six. That's okay. Shazara got it. Also a six. <laughs> so, and that's with the bonus. So that's fine. However. While uh, Jazara and Ashley are too busy bickering over Jazara accidentally slamming her into a wall. Uh, <laughs> Asha, you do spot on our side of the ravine, you spot a couple of the uh, midnight scales, which are these green ones over here. So there are a couple of them, and you can roll a um, nature check to be able to lift them whole out of the ground, or you can skip that and then just rip it out of the ground and hope it's whole. (laughs) Okay, I will roll. So a six. Six. 
So you mm -hmm. you grab a hold of like the first one and you're trying to be careful. You're trying to like pull it out so like it comes out whole. And just as like you go to like pick it up, the whole like calf of the mushroom just fully comes off. <laughs> and you have what is now half of a mushroom. And you can like start hacking <laughs> at, the, at the rest of it to try and get it to come out. You know that your mom didn't necessarily say they had to be in pristine condition, but she'd probably like it not to be in little pieces. <laughs> as whole as possible, dear. And while Jazara and Valkaria are, are bickering, they do see you uh, over here with the mushrooms. And uh, Valkaria, if you would like to help her, you can, or you can just continue to bicker with Jazara. Look, I'm sorry I shoved you against the rock. I didn't realize there was like a sharp point right there. And like, you're not bleeding. It's fine. It's fine. But it still hurt. All right. Like, I, that's, a, that's a jab in my ribs now. Like, it just, and my tail got caught. Like, come on. Hey, Look, hey, slackers. Slackers. Mushrooms. <laughs> oh, you yeah. Have some already. Oh, mushrooms. Right. Help mushrooms. with the mushrooms. You too. Don't you tell me oh, what to do. <laughs> So, um, uh, with all of the bickering, uh, Jazara will try and get some of the other mushrooms. <laughs> but you two go to the opposite ends of the cavern right now. I really just cannot deal with this right now. Yes, My God. mother will kill us all. She will skin us and then let our bodies dry and then kill us. Okay? Yeah, I don't want that, so. <laughs> How many do we need? And Asha is, like, you're, you're doing this, you get your Valkaria off into this other section where there are other mushrooms over here and uh which you can see from that point but you can't quite tell what they are so uh valkaria if you will roll me a nature check you can find out what kind of mushrooms these are nine nine they're of a green color you're not really sure whether they're like lilenthals or if they're like dawn rays at this point. There is a cluster of five of them. You can take them, but somebody else will probably have to figure out what they are. I'll take them. Alright, so go. better than none. Fair. So, and hope they're not poisonous because they might be. No. Because there's a lot of poisonous mushrooms down here. Well, we all know I'm the act first, ask questions later type person, so. is <laughs> <laughs> uh, gonna roll to pull up the other mushroom that Asha had found, which, uh, I, I have, and it was, it was equally as bad. <laughs> it was equally as bad. So Jazara goes and she grabs the other mushroom, the one that's, and for the record, these mushrooms are probably about uh, almost a foot, but they're not quite. Okay. Uh, and she goes and she, and she's like looking at it and she's going to like pull it off. And it literally just kind of squishes the second she touches it. <laughs> and this is clearly not a ripe mushroom. And now her hands are just covered <laughs> In mushroom goo. Ew. And, and Jazara is just kind of standing there like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then just starts flicking her hands out towards the water like, oh. <laughs> just. <laughs> and, then that, and then she just gets up and starts like pacing back and forth and she's just flicking her hands off and trying to get like what is disgusting mushroom fruits. Just that it's just all over her hands off. It's like, it's in my gloves. It's in my gloves. It's in my archery gloves. This is disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. Why mushrooms? Why did she need mushrooms? Why wouldn't it just be crystals? Why did it have to be mushrooms too? And it's at this point, like, as she's pacing and everything, um, she looks across the way and because her 
of the passive perception that she has, uh, she can see that there are, in fact, other mushrooms on the other side of the ravine, and uh, I will roll. Yeah. She does notice that they are mushrooms that we need. There are some of the fire leechins, which you guys know are hard to come by in the uh, in the Underdark without going lower underground. Okay. Um, and there are a couple of other mushrooms that she can spot, but isn't 100% sure what they are. So, I... Th- there's more mushrooms across the way. How the hell do we get over there? Like, I don't want to have to venture through the entire underdark and even going to the middle dark to find some of these fire legions. How do we get over there? And you can see that even at the lowest, or like the shortest gap between one edge of the ravine and the next, it is about a 15 foot distance. Between hey Jazz, how far can you throw me with your bow? Not at all. It's a bow. <laughs> It's a, are you an arrow? Did I miss that? I know you have a point on your tail, but that doesn't make you an arrow. Slingshot me across the ravine. I don't have a slingshot, no. (laughs) Not a tiefling size slingshot, sweetie. That's fair. I guess maybe we could jump. One of us, I have rope. Like, I could try and jump across, I guess, and then... Uh, I can tie the rope off and then you guys can use it to climb across. You want to try that or you just want me to try and... I don't really... leading across the water too much to ask? It is a 25 foot drop. Mm, That's true. Is it poisonous water? Uh, it... None of... No. You aren't really sure how deep it is. Like, it looks kind of shallow as you're looking at it, but the Underdark looks can be deceiving. Alright. So I mean, I vote for sending the ranger across the way. I mean, I'll do it. Like I, and uh, I mean, you guys don't even have to come across if you, you don't want. I could just try jumping back, or I can take a rope and tie it off, and uh, you guys can climb across the rope if you want to. I I vote rope because you know I'm gonna want to do that. Fair. All right, Jazara is going to roll and see if. She- she falls 25 feet <laughs> to see if she alright she's gonna do an athletics check so <laughs> I set the DC that she had to hit at 12 and that's exactly what she got thank god so you see by Jazar, the skin of your teeth you make she it. backs up several feet and just hits it at like a dead run but just as she jumps off like that ledge right there where the uh, <laughs> of the cliff is it kind of caves in as she pushes off of it so what would have been a much further leap was more of a she hits the other side and kind of like on her stomach and she hits the side <laughs> of the ravine and has to finish like finally like climbing up and she just lays there on her back for a minute very winded because she went toe to toe with a, a cliff edge and she was not very successful but she is on the other side of the cliff edge so Alkari on the other on the other side of the ravine just whooping yeah, so you guys are look what right you made up. her do and uh, when she gets over there she's gonna do a nature check but yeah <laughs> it's not great she can tell there's red mushrooms that are there she's like okay <laughs> so she's gonna take we just them. know they're red yeah, so she's going to roll a sleight of hand to pull them out. And they do come out whole. Like, whatever they are, they do come out whole. So she gets uh, three of these. And uh, she's going to do a perception check to see where those other ones are. She does spot the other mus- uh, some of the other mushrooms. She notices some in the back, and then there's some over to the far side. Um, 
but she shouts back. She's like, do you guys want me to tie a rope off so you guys can come over? Or do you just want me to come back after I'm done? Is there anything else worth seeing on that side? Like, Well, you do notice on the path, on her side of the ravine, the path is much wider. But on your guys' side of the ravine, it does get a lot smaller. And it might require uh, some careful balancing as you go forward. Well, I'm coming over. So there's okay. that. And I'm so, not going to be left behind. So Jazara will, uh, she's like, I'll tie the rope over. There's uh, a small stalagmite over here, and I'll tie the rope over. And uh, she takes an arrow, and she ties one end of the rope, and she's going to shoot it back at, like, at your feet so that you can tie it off on your side. So okay. whichever one of you would like to tie off your end of the rope, please roll me a sleight of hand check. Okay. Can you show me? Oh, yeah. Please. Sleight of hand. One. One. <clears throat> 14. 14? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so which one of you would like to go first? I'll let the daredevil do it. I'll do it. Okay. I'm going to have you make me an acrobatics check to get across. And so you're, as uh, Valkaria, she goes, and she's going to, you're going to grab the rope, and you're going to, like, hang upside down underneath it, kind of like a sloth, and you're going to have to <laughs> crawl your way forward. <laughs> what did you get, dear? She has a five. A five. Great. That's coupled with uh, Jazara's eight for tying off the rope. And you don't even manage to get yourself underneath it. You go and you, like, you grab the rope. And as you start to put your weight into it, it falls and untangles itself from where Jazara has it. And you are just now half hanging off the edge of this cliff, like face <laughs> down. Your legs are still there. <laughs> This is the most unsuccessful attempt <laughs> at getting across this ravine possible. Jess, I hate you. I look, rope tying was not a skill that they taught me in the guards. They just taught me how to shoot something, okay? Asha, you enjoying yourself over there? Oh, so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toss the rope back over here so we can do this again. Okay. Pull me up! <laughs> yeah, you're still hanging. Pull me up! Face forward. <laughs> your pack is, like, up against the back of your head. Like, you're, all of your clothes are, like, hanging. Pull me up! <laughs> uh, Ash, I think she's talking to you. Yep. Alright, so what do I have to roll for that? Uh, you can go ahead. And you're gonna roll uh, an athletics check. Okay. To oh follow her my up. god. Athletics. Oh, goody. You get none. <laughs> you better hope. Just don't get a one. Seven. Seven? The seven? Uh, okay. Valkara, you can give her advantage if you would like, because you're trying to push yourself like up off the wall. So, uh, Asha, you can roll another d20 and take which of the, the, the higher numbers that you. Okay. Because Valkari is actively trying not to fall okay. face first into the ravine. <laughs> yeah, thank you for helping yourself. Uh, Twelve. <laughs> well, much better. It is a labor-intensive moment, but you do manage to pull each other back over the ravine. It Are is you pushing? Much- I'm pushing! I'm just I'm pushing! Uh, You're giving birth. <laughs> I don't see how this is. I'm pulling her from the jaws of life. I don't see how it's different. Fair. It's made much harder by the fact that Valkyria has a hard time of getting purchased because it's just slick like stone wall mm-hmm. underneath her hands. Damn, and slippery. Stop. Mother! Her hands Mother! Give me the damn purchase! 
<laughs> and I pull her with one final heft. <gasps> and Valkaria goes up over and lands smack on top of you, Asha. <coughs> it is it is a unpleasant dog pile, if there ever <laughs> was one. Well, at least you're not dead. Hello, yeah. lover. <laughs> and Jazara, who is on the other side of the ravine, just laughing her ass off. She is, she is literally just sitting on the edge, just laughing at the two of you. Sit a little closer to the edge and you can fall over. Maybe next time I won't bother to tie the rope at all. You can Girl. walk through the water. You can fall and then walk through the water and then climb. Yeah. There you go. Um, so if you're gonna, whichever one of you would like to throw the rope back over, because you're just going to take... You can leave your end tied. You're just going to throw the other rope, and Jazara's going to try and catch it. Um, so go ahead and uh, roll an acrobatics check, and I'm going to roll a sleight of hand to try and catch it. 11. 20. <coughs> so, uh, Jazara, like, you you throw it, and it goes up, and Jazara grabs the end of the rope, and she is going to try and tie it off again. Hopefully this time. Please do a better job. knots, everybody. Check your knots, too. That is a natural one. Uh, which means Jazara goes, she goes to tie it around the slide, my aunt, just the fucking rope where she's trying to tie it really just shreds, and just part of it comes off. She's like, um, so she has a, a much shorter rope at this point. What was 30 feet of rope is now uh, closer to 20 feet of rope. Great. And it isn't long enough for her to tie it off where she was. However, she can do a strength check to um, like tie it more tightly, like around something closer, and hold on to it at the same time so you guys can come across. So she's going to try and tie it to something else, and then she's going to have to roll to hold it while you guys come across. No, it's not much oh, better. That sounds so enticing. <clears throat> or you guys can try and jump across. It is a athletics check if you want to do that instead. Athletics for me is <laughs> nothing. For you is also nothing. <laughs> mm. So with just, you don't know how well Jasara tied it, and she will be able to hold on to it. Um, it really depends on whether or not you want to do just what you roll, or you want to do it as a collective thing with what you and Jasara roll. I rolled a 16. Which one are you doing? Are you jumping, or are you... I'm jumping. You're jumping? Alright, you do make it. Like, you land on your knees when you get there, and like, hands Ow! down, you do make it over the, over oh, the edge. Your hands are kind of scraped. Your hands are kind of scraped, your knees hurt, but you did make it across the ravine. Well, now there are two of you across the ravine that could either hold the rope or catch me. So, True. I think I'm going to try and jump. Okay. All okay. Right. So, um, is going to go to Please the edge of the, of the cliff, and she's going to try and catch you. So, it will give you advantage, so you can roll two d20s and take the higher number that you get. Okay, cool. All right. Wow. Uh, looks bad. Whatever that was. Six. Ooh. And... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Did you roll? Five. Did you so add I'll... anything to it? No! Nope. Uh... <clears throat> yeah. <Fuck. laughs> so, <laughs> Ash like, she backs up a couple of steps, and she goes, and she goes to, like, leap across the way, and as she does, like, she just doesn't 
jump at the right point and she's not close enough to the edge. And as she leaps up into the air and is very clearly missing it by several feet. And Ashley, you are going straight to the water. <laughs> so, Splash! <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> I hope these mushrooms are worth it. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, who's going in together? Uh, well, at this point, um, Asha, I am going to have you take four points of falling damage because you got okay. hurt. <clears throat> and you can let me know if you need help make, putting that on your sheet because I can show you how to do that. Four points of what damage? Falling. Falling. So, uh, Asha, you have jumped. You've landed straight in the water. That fucking hurt. And you are now also soaking wet, sitting in what is about a foot of water and covered in water and a little bit of dirt. Chisara's going to run to the edge like, oh my god, are you okay? And I will lie and say it's just my pride that hurts. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Uh, As I stand slowly and painfully. And painfully. And Val is just standing at the edge. Shake like, my hair out and squeeze the water out of my braid and try and collect myself with all the dignity I can muster, of which there is very little left. Val is just standing at the edge of the cliff, just looking down, not blinking. Just... I can't make eye contact <laughs> <laughs> with either of you. It's um, just not worth it. Jazara's rope is currently tied between the two ravines, but uh, Valkaria does have her own rope, so if you would like to lower it down, uh, we can do collective group strength checks to pull her up out of the ravine. If I had my own damn rope, why couldn't we? Why didn't we replace Jazz's broken ten foot lesser rope Because she could still mine? tie it. It was just, what the problem was is that she wasn't tying it very well. <laughs> so. Alright. Strength check! So, Get Bestie um, out of there. You can uh, you can go ahead, um, Asha, and you can roll a strength check because you're going to try and pull yourself up. And uh, Valkaria and I are going to roll our own strength checks and see if we can add to you and help pull you up. So go ahead and roll. Right. Oh, strength, strength is up there. Zero. <laughs> Zero for me. Okay, I got 15. 15? Okay. I'm so squishy. I got five. <laughs> Uh, Jazara got an 18 in total and so Jazara's over there and she has a hold of the rope and like actually you're starting to like climb up it it's like a slow progress but you are making like decent progress it takes you a second to like get the right footing to get out of the water and so Jazara's mm-hmm. starting to like pull while she's stepping backwards and Valkaria is holding the rope <laughs> not not so much pulling the rope as she is holding it as it comes up, kind of like making sure like Jazara doesn't trip on it as she backs up and everything. Not not so much of the participating in the polling as she is just like holding. This is beneath me, peasants. Yeah. So with with a bit of labor intensive. (laughs) Oh, helping me is below you. You're gonna get murdered, and it's not even gonna be by any of the creatures I've got planned. So, campaign over. I'm not gonna make it out of this ravine. Of course, clearly none of us are. <laughs> All right, I am pl- I am pulling, and my ankle hurts, so this is taking a while. Yep. I'm trying to manage pulling, pulling. And I you can do tell come Jazz over. is doing most of the work. <laughs> you can see it that. 
And then I see that Valkaria is taking the end of the rope where it's frayed and looks like a pretty ponytail. She's flipping it up. Behind Jazz's back. Pretty much, yeah. And, and Zara I sense, cannot see her doing that because she's focused on pulling you up. I can sense the impending doom in which Valkaria has to rein in her baser instincts of smacking Jazz in the ass with the end of the rope. And I'm just like, it's such a pretty rope. Valkaria, if you do it and I die, I will haunt you forever. But it's it's right there. Like don't. what the hell is going on back there? Are the you just not happening? Nothing. Do not drop me. Yes, pull faster. Does and finish pulling I, you up over the edge of the ravine, and you are safely on the, the correct side of the ravine. So, and Val thank attempts you. to smack Jazz on the ass with the rope. Jazara, if you okay, you can roll to hit. So I'm gonna have you roll an attack on that one. <laughs> so go ahead and uh, roll a d20 plus two. Okay. D20 plus two. Ten. Uh, Twelve. Oh, sorry, I can add. Twelve. Twelve. Oh, you miss. Her armor class is fourteen. So you like you go and you and you swing it, and Jazara turns at the at just like at the last moment to look at you, and it misses where you went to hit her, and she. <laughs> Sees you. <laughs> Were you just not participating at all? Is that how this was working? No, no I was participating. I was making a nice productively. Define productively. Helping Asha not die in a ravine. Yes, I was taking her mind off the, the falling. Oh, is that <laughs> what you were doing? I was trying because it looked like it was gonna be smash, smacking Jazz in the ass. Hmm. Like two for one? No, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh, I will push you into this ravine myself, Falcaria. Now look for mushrooms. And with that, Stupid. both of yeah, you can make mushrooms. me a perception check. <clears throat> I'll print this for next time. Yeah, I could probably print it now. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, so we don't perception. Have to... Zero. That's zero. Plus five. Okay. Sixteen for me. Six. I'm clearly not the best at this. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Asha, you do spot two more sets of mushrooms and that you could point out uh, to Jazz and Falcaria if you'd like um, to let us know where to go and go look. Because okay. at this point, I'm sure you've probably just earned a break. So you're sending us to go do it. Guys, there's one over there and one over there. I don't care which one of you gets which. One of you do it. I need a moment to collect myself. You got it. All actually. right. Um, Valkaria, go ahead and roll me a sleight of hand check to pull your group of mushrooms out of the. Uh... Nine. So you find a uh, group of about uh, five midnight scales, and you do you do pull them out, and they do get a little crumpled, like the tops kind of like don't stay on, and like it is it's roots and dirt that come with it rather than just the mushrooms themselves, but you do find five of them that you can Sweet. put into your basket. So, um, Jazara, who rolled... <laughs> it's hard to read this dice. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. She rolls an eleven. She does fully pull out uh, uh, five blue-grain mushrooms, and they're like, they're not the world's best looking mushrooms, they're not the best shape, but they didn't collapse into disgusting goo for this time, so like, that's that's a plus, and she'll take that, so. Mm-hmm. Huzzah. 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 Alright. 
I think we've got all the mushrooms that are in this one. Let's move on to the next place because, hmm? quite frankly, I'm tired of this ravine. Me too. <clears throat> Me three. Tired of And as you falling. walk across and out past the ravine, you notice that the water gets wider and deeper, and you come across what is undoubtedly a giant crystal cavern full of huge pieces of crystals that come up out of the ground and 20, 40 feet tall and about 10 feet wide and they all different multitude of colors some of them are glowing some of them aren't some of them go, like they go down the side of the ravine some of them go up on the wall and are hanging from the ceiling and directly in the center from a different part of a much larger ravine is a giant crystal bridge that goes from one side to the other now it is about 10 feet uh like in uh from one side to the other not from one side to the other. It's in 10 feet in um, radius. Wide? Yeah. And uh, so, and there's on the very top of it, in at about a five foot wide, like, split, there is a path of, like, what is, looks like even crystal that you could use to walk from one side to the other. Cool. So, everybody go ahead and make me another perception check, please. Perception check. If you hear the sound in the background, we are printing this. <laughs> okay. So we don't c constantly go between screens. Okay, I got 23. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <sighs> Alright. Five! Five is my favorite number, apparently. <laughs> Are these guys? Are your dice fucked up? Three. Fifteen! Hey. hey. Alright, get numbers in the double digits at least. Oh, look at how pretty the bridge is. Pretty crystal. We were bridge. on a different screen, so the bridge is. That's <laughs> fair. Um, Jazara got a 21, so between her and Asha, like, spot, like, a bunch of different of the crystals that were required that uh, uh, Asha's mother wanted us to get. And you'll notice that some of them um, are over here on the edge of, like, some of the crystals that are coming off. There's some that are just planted in the ground, like those that are over here. And there's some that are on like down past like into the ravine yeah. itself that are hanging off of the side mm -hmm. uh Jazara says so maybe I should be the ones to get the one off the sides of the ravine just I think maybe I think Ash Seems... has had enough ravine excitement for one day mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah I'm, I'm I'm really not gonna sign up for that and you're the one who's not the squishiest so fair point so I'll go get the one uh, off the side of the ravine. Um, can I borrow your rope? Because we left mine back there on purpose. So <laughs> She's looking at Valkaria. Okay, let me rephrase this. Where I'm your taking rope? your rope <laughs> whether you like it or not. Fine, take the rope. Thank oh, you, rope. I think. And so, shit for um, me to carry. Asha, why don't you go get the one that's across the bridge, the ones that are in the ground? That way you don't have yep. to, which would be this blue one over here and some of these purple ones over here. Um, I live across the bridge. I would say crawl if you must. She said I am going to have you crossed. make me a dexterity check to okay. just smoothly walk across. Good lord. One. Okay. one. That is a six. <laughs> Please don't fall. So you, you, do, you step onto the crystal and just as you start to like step on it, it you're you are you're still wet from falling into the ravine and mm -hmm. you slip and you fall 
on your ass. You don't fall off or anything like that. You just, as soon as you step on the smooth surface, you realize that maybe it would be better if you didn't walk upright and just slowly made your way across on hands and knees. Y'all hey, seen uh, Troop Beverly Hills? Same which one? Troop Beverly Hills, because that's what happens in that movie. No, but, First uh, one, yeah. Yep. Uh, Asha, how much you want to kill your, uh, your Aunt Jacinda? More than usual. Okay. Yeah. We're at that level. Uh-huh. Um, and do I need to roll anything to make it across the bridge on my hands and knees at this No, point? you, you take a solid, like, three or four minutes to very slowly get yourself across what is a 25 foot gap this time <laughs> in what you know is much deeper water so you, yes. you i won't make you roll for that you do on your hands and knees like you take okay. as much time as you need the second you feel like you might slip you just you fully stop and you do make it across the take a couple of cleansing breaths every few little crawls i guess what you would call shed it. a tear shed a Shedding a tear for what remains of my pride. And, uh, don't look at my ass. <laughs> Jazara, who is, like, tying off her rope as soon as you yell that, just, like, turns around and looks at you and all she sees is your ass because you're on your hands and knees. <laughs> I feel you looking, and I will offer payback. Okay, I'm not Deep looking, twice. and she's like pointedly now, just like focusing on tying. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell's happening. I'm just gonna leave her alone. She's gonna murder us. So, um, Jazara does tie the rope with a 13 onto a, a cluster of deeply ingrained crystals so that she can use to like rappel down and try and get some of the crystals out of the wall. Um, Valkaria, would you like to try and cross the bridge? Or do you want to stay on the other side? <laughs> Asking the real questions uh, at this point. You do see there are more crystals on the I'm, other I'm gonna side. Go, the I'm gonna go across the bridge just to keep an eye on. Alright, um, make me a on dexterity check. I'm klutzy, here. I'm yeah. Make me a dexterity check, please. I have one dexterity. Do, do you need to borrow <laughs> like Aaron's dice? That is a two. I don't think it's gonna help her if she borrows. No, my wait a dice. minute. Did you roll a one? She rolled a natural you... one. Yeah. Mm, it isn't going <laughs> to help you. You you're feeling a little haughty from the fact that like you jumped across no problems. You know, like Asha might have had issues. Like you jumped even better than Jazara uh, had done. And so, like, you step out onto this giant crystal, and you do not just fall on your ass. You fall on your ass. You slip to the side, and now you slide off the side of the crystal and are hanging off on the sides of one of the crystals that are coming out of the side of the wall. Lovely. Um, Fucking lovely. Valkaria, I thought I was going to be the one getting things off the side of the ravine. <laughs> No, no, fun? I decided to uh, decided to take that one over for you. Um, Love dangling over a deep ravine via crystal. Do you crystals. want help? She Does says, it look like I want help? Very condescendingly. It looks like you need it, but then again, you always look like you need it. Holy oh, bitch. <laughs> Throw me the rope! And Jazara is like at the edge of like where where you have fallen, and she's like kind of like squatted down, and she's just like has a hold of the rope like in one hand, and just looking at like Dini, and just like waving the rope around, kind of like in a mockery fashion of the way Valkaria had been doing it when she'd been pulling Asha up. It's just kind of like you know like swinging it around. It's like, do you need some help? Do you want some help here? Throw the rope. 
<laughs> and she and she's gonna let it go directly on, onto your face. And Asha <laughs> is just cackling on the side of the thing uh, of the ravine with the other crystals as she's putting those things in her bag. And just laugh. Laugh it up. up. Laugh it up. Oh, we are. Don't worry. Oh, mm-hmm. We fully are. Like it's not Trust even a question. And believe. Like it's not even a question at why, this point. That's just why fact. do I put up with you? Why am I here? What do you mean? Because my mother will here? murder you too. This is like, her mother murders indiscriminately, and you know that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jazara's my mother, mother will tell your mother, and oh, you did <laughs> a hard fucking Jesus. bargain. <laughs> laughed her ass off. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Don't you bring my mother into this? <laughs> Too late. Too late. So I'm gonna have you make a strength check, which is a plus zero for you. Um, but <laughs> you have the choice of you can have advantage when you do it, so you can roll two d twenty, or you can have the benefit of whatever Jazara rolls as she goes to pull you up. If you fail by a lot, it, as you do it by yourself you will fall into the ravine, but if you fail by a lot, you're just not going to, and are using Jasara's help, you just won't make any progress. I'm going to take your help, because okay. I do not want to fall into this ravine. Alright. Pride just... goeth before the, the fall. fall. <laughs> <laughs> it was a three. A three. Great. Um, let's see. Well, um, I'm just a second. Starting potatoes, a total guys. of five, so you don't fucking go anywhere. Like Jazara goes to try and pull you up, and it the rope is caught like between two crystals, and like she yanks, and like you're not going anywhere, and you don't know why you're not going anywhere. And Jazara's are pulling really hard, and it's just not fucking going anywhere. So I'm gonna have you uh, reach up because as you look up, you can see the fact that the rope is wedged between two crystals. I'm gonna have you reach up. Use a sleight of hand check to try and dislodge the rope. <laughs> sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. Oh, you got want to get the printouts? Yeah, why not? <laughs> like we planned. <laughs> Five. Five. These dice do not like me. They do not. Maybe use Aaron's dice. Like, or you can use the one on D and D Beyond if you want. Like, if you want it to roll automatically for you, because in the little, uh, the little left hand lower left hand corner yeah you can roll d you can roll d20s and stuff like that if it if it might roll better for you <laughs> i mean that one rolled me a seven <laughs> not getting any better fair points so uh we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna roll again um i'm gonna have you roll sleight of hand again to try and and pull it off if it takes 21 long, 21 you got a natural 20 yes yeah Yes. All right, you got a natural 20, which is literally just the best you can do. So you pull the rope uh, out from between the two crystals. And as you do, like it kind of like swings you past some of the edges of the crystals and puts you in a much better position because where the ravine is, it's kind of like layered with like deposit. So it gives you a much easier foothold. And as you climb up, give me a strength check with advantage. Cool. All right. Aha! I What'd made you get? it. No, I'm just saying I made it. Over the edge. Didn't you think? What did you What did you roll though? Twenty. Really, she did. Another An- twenty. Another natural twenty. Yeah. Zara also rolled a natural twenty. <laughs> so between you and her, literally just yanking you up, you fly 
over the edge of that. Over the other side. And when you land, you fully stick the landing. Feet down, hands out. You are superhero landing. Yeah. You land just perfectly. No issues whatsoever. Zell takes a bell. And Asha is gobsmacked on the other side. (laughs) Slow clap and just in disbelief. (laughs) Jazara's just gonna look at you and you're just, well, it's about time he did something, so. Well, um. Spicy. (laughs) She says it with love, sarcasm, and love. Lots of sarcasm. Sarcasm is our love language. It is. That's true. We are aggressive in that way. That's very true. Um, so you can go ahead and uh, you can walk across the crystal, uh, making much, taking much more care about it when you do it this time. I won't make you roll for it. Uh, I just make you roll the initial trying to get across it. So you take your time. You do walk instead of crawl, but you walk very, because you, like your dignity is not really going to let you crawl. Like You don't really want to crawl. Yeah. You're just like, I'm not going to crawl across. But you Nine very slowly like walk across one foot in front of the other, but you do make it across on the other side. Tail um, flicking. Well, and now that say, your tail should offer you some balance. Yeah, it does. It helps. Like you have your tail like out, you know, you've got your your hands out a bit, and like you, you yeah. can balance yourself. And as you tail get to the other side of the ravine, mm-hmm. you do notice that some of these crystals that are out uh, on the edges of the some of these outer crystals, they're within range of your mage hand. So if oh, you would sweet. like to try and do a sleight of hand to grab them with your mage hand rather than risking actually going out there, you can do that. Yes, I will try that. 16. 16, all right. So you grab a hold of a quite a few different crystals, and you go around and you grab like several like bunches of uh, crystals. You manage to get a couple of different types. You get... Uh, you get like five blue crystals and about ten green crystals and uh, two or three red crystals. So right. you go ahead and you and you, you spend a couple of minutes as um, Ash is over there like digging some of them out of the ground and like you're just going around and pulling some of the loose ones out that you can manage because you don't want to grab like massive ones but just like the ones that your mage hand can handle because that's all you need. You don't need like right. big ones. So. And I'm going from crystal cluster to cluster just yeah. singing and whistling. Now, Jazara, who has tied off her rope, and she got a 16 when she tied off her rope, is going to try and rappel down and get some of these crystals out of the wall. And she's going to have to do some strength checks for that. Which she does pretty well. Let me see what she adds to it. Don't die. Don't die. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, she gets a 19. So she manages to rappel down the wall. And, like, she starts pulling out some crystals. She has, like, the, the basket, like, hooked to her belt so she can ah, just drop yeah. them, like, in there. She's got one hand, like, wrapped around the rope. And uh, she manages to get uh, <clears throat> some crystals. And she gets about ten blue crystals while she's there from that side of the ravine. There are some on the lower end um, or in on the other side of the ravine that are down. But uh, you rolled really high with your mage hand, so you had managed to get those out from the other side of the ravine. The ones on her side, on Jazara's side of the ravine, were too embedded into the wall for you just to pull out. Got it. Um, so she had to go down there and get them herself. So you walk away with a decent amount of crystals. Well, at least nobody ended in the water this time. Though I have to <laughs> say, it would have been funny if you had. I know. you. I know you wanted that. I think I wanted it more for Asha than I did anything else. Sorry to disappoint. 
No, I think that was for me. I didn't fall to vindicate you. Yeah. I can throw you in there. I'm sure you'll make it out just fine. You could try uh, with your 11 strength modifier and Zara's 17. (laughs) You could try to wrestle her and try and throw her in the ravine if you'd like. Girls, girls, we only have until midnight next. Let's, uh count up our crystals and see how many we have so we can get the hell back home. Alright, alright. How many How many do we have? I know you said how, let's see. I know Honestly. you said three to four. I think we've got all the red crystals we need. So we need okay. eight, uh, five, five to ten red crystals. Mm-hmm. I know we so got, got all the red crystals. crystals. About twenty blue crystals. 20 so we're blue ten crystals. blue crystals short. How many green crystals did we get? I think he had about 10 of those. 10 so green? About yeah, five so to you 10 need more. about, yeah, you need about 5 to 10 more of those. I'm gonna say we have about 12 purple crystals. Uh, I would say probably closer to t- just 10. Okay. Uh, because okay. you pulled out more blue crystals than you have anything. Okay. So, we're pretty set on red, but if we get a couple more, that'd be great. Um, we need... Probably five to ten more purple, five to ten more green, and ten more blue. Okay. Should we walk on? Let's walk on. Let's so walk as you on. Guys, as you guys go, like, you, you're starting to leave, like, where the crystal, um, like, the large crystal area is. And you're starting to get into some of these smaller ones. Um, and then you, as, you, as you're walking, you turn a corner. And you're unprepared for how bright this room is. And it's really fucking bright because it is almost entirely made of crystals with thin rails of stone stairways that lead down further and it has really massive glowing purple crystals these really large blue pieces that are bigger than some of the houses in the nameless city and they just cover the walls are coming out of the ground there's far less stone here than there is anything else it's almost entirely made of crystals. It's too bright. <laughs> it's it's probably one of the brightest places that you've walked into in the Underdark. Like, you weren't prepared, really, for how bright this is. Uh, everybody roll me a perception check to find some crystals. I have a question. Sure. Now, when we come across the, the moment where we have to go to the upper level. The surface? Like, above the, the surface. Since we have, since we can see in the dark, we have night vision. Do we have like glasses or something to help us with the? You light? don't have any light sensitivity now. That's oh, okay, actually cool. a, a thing in D and D. That's the reason I made Jazara a half drow. Is if she was a full drow, they have sunlight sensitivity. But gotcha. tieflings and uh, vampires and dampier don't have any. So. Got it. Cool. Now, it, if you were a full vampire, Asha, you might have side effects because you're in the sun, but you would still mm-hmm. be able to see just fine. So you guys don't have any issues. I could see my burning flesh. <laughs> there you go. Jazara uh, got a natural 20. I got an and 8. An 8. I got a 19. 19. Okay. Um, so you can spot where some of these crystals are, but you all, uh, Asha and Jazara both spot the fact that one of these crystals is moving. Oh no. And it definitely shouldn't be moving. Jazz, do you see that? I see it. I on a scale of one to ten, how bad do you think it is? Uh, 
and Jazara is going to kind of like lean and she's going to like kind of look like kind of like out of the corner of her eye so she doesn't draw a lot of attention to it. It's pretty small for a crystal crawler, but as long as we don't go near it, it should be fine. And it is. Hey guys, what's that thing moving over there? Seriously, Valkaria, <laughs> you don't yell at the creepy things that move in the Underdark. And right here where this, where this purple one is on the map, which is at the bottom set of the first set of stairs of the three set of stairs that are mm -hmm. here, uh, this large, probably like a, a three foot by two foot crystal is slowly moving and kind of like the way like a crab walks and but the crystals are kind of clinking together as, the, as they walk along. Jazar is going to look at you. If we go around it, if we go around it and like we don't touch it, it, it should be fine. But just don't interact with it and don't get too close to it and we should be able to skirt around it. If, Can I throw rocks at it? No. 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 You cannot. I specifically want her as far away from it <laughs> as possible. Valkaria, well, go get the crystals that are on that ledge over there. Use your mage hand and grab the rest of the red crystals, or the uh, half of the purple crystals that we need because there's five of them over there. Fine. Thank you. Fine. I still want to throw rocks at it. Let's throw at rocks at something else. Not something that's going to block our path. No, 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 no. She can't throw any rocks right now. She can throw <laughs> the up. The next place we go, you can throw rocks. The next place. <laughs> so go ahead and give me a slide hand check to get the uh, crystals with the mage hand. And then um, Asha and 19. Zara... 19, you grab, no problems, throw them in your basket. You've got half of your purple crystals now. And I'm going to have everybody roll me a stealth check as you go down the stairs to try and avoid the attention of the crystal crawler. 15. 13. 15, 13, alright. Everybody passes. You sneak down this, like, you go on the far side of the stairs and you slowly walk down and as you get to the landing where the crystal uh, crawler is, it's just kind of like not really paying that much attention to you as, and you're not really sure it has eyes to see you with anyway, but it's just slowly just kind of like walking around and just making a little tinkling noise as it goes. So you, you manage to get down that first flight of stairs, you turn the corner and you like, you go down the second and the third short little flights of stairs and... With the perception checks we had before, we can see the fact that there are a uh, set of crystals around the rest of the room. And uh, Asha, if you would like to give me a sleight of hand check to pull up five green crystals. And Jazara will roll to see if she can get five blue ones. Nine. In total? Yeah. Jazara didn't do that much better, but she did get a 12 in total. So she does grab five. Um, Asha, you managed to only grab two. The other ones. Of which color? Green. green. Of green. Yeah. So. Okay. So you do grab some, but as you go to grab like the whole bunch, like some of them fall and they kind of like scatter off the side and okay. you can't catch them. Typical. <laughs> okay. And the, this cavern is really bright. You guys get to the end of it where it kind of like turns into like a regular cavern at that. But this is a really interesting site because you guys have just never really seen something quite 
this bright in a long time. And you, this is a path you guys have never taken. The Underdark extends to a lot of different tunnels, but this is a really surprising sight to see. And as you you go through like what is a like a um, entryway, and it's a lot of dark stone rather than crystal. And in, it takes you probably about a minute of walking through a very small enclosed space of stone. And when you get to the other side, you have made your way into the Neverlight Grove, which is the well-known mushroom grove of the Underdark. Surrounding you is just mushrooms, vines, and like mushroom like cephalopods that are just coming up out of the ground and out of the walls in every direction. Mushrooms that are bigger than any surface tree has ever thought about being hundreds of feet into the air like 20 feet across just vines coming up the sides of them some of them glow in the dark some of them don't some of them are pitch black others are bright fluorescent green some of the vines you can see that are attached to some of these mushrooms are moving and they kind of uh, shift almost like snakes do not that you know what snakes are but uh and as you go and you're walking with where the stone and the ground gives way is now gigantic vines and it creates pathways from one side of the caverns to the other. Which is what this picture is. Jazz? Yeah? Where did you bring us? It's the Neverlight Grove. It's where you get all the mushrooms. And you have heard of the Neverlight Grove. Um, you've probably never really had to go here, just because you don't really go collect mushrooms very often. But, and a lot of them you could find, like, scattered throughout the Underdark without actually having to go here. Uh, but Jazara looks at you and she says, look, we have a huge list of mushrooms that we need to get to, and if we're going to get these things fast and get back, we might as well be here. Because that's where we're going to find them all anyway. Asha, I now have a better understanding of your psychotic aunt, and I hope I never have to come here again. To be fair, only about half of them are poisonous. <laughs> only half! That's Only a pretty half. good ratio, you know that. Just no don't wonder. eat any of them without, you know, double-checking first, and you should be fine. And if you're not, well, uh, we didn't know you left beyond the wall, and Ash and I haven't seen you in days, so. Great cover. <laughs> Thanks. Solid plan, if anyone asks. You're welcome. I figured you'd like that. Um, so Where you guys look to? You guys look around, and you guys can go ahead and make me um, some perception checks to see if you can come across any of the mushrooms. Twelve. Six. Wow. Valkaria, you do notice some that are within range of your mage hand if you want to grab some. Um, They are uh, like the yellow-green colors of the dawn rays, so you can grab some of those, and we'll say you can grab five dawn rays and five uh, Lilenthal's in the process. Yes. You walk around, you guys are walking through what is the most green, lush place that you've ever seen. Like, it isn't necessarily so much in that it's it's a green color, but it's the most nature that you've seen that's not rock and stone and cavern as you walk through here. Like, some of the vines that you're walking on, some of them, like, they bow a little bit and, like, they move. But you do manage to keep your footing. Like, you don't really have any issues because the vines are so thick. Like, it's a, it's a slow progression of how they move up and down. And you can see, like, some of the stalks that come up out of the ground kind of, like, sway back and forth, even though there's no wind and they're glowing and, like, 
bright different colors of purple and blue and they and there's different little bugs that fly around that are also like if you get a close look to them are horrifying to look at because they're like scaled and fanged and everything but from far away they're pretty because they're, they're glowing in different pretty colors of like purple and almost mimicking the way the crystals look but in a flight form unless you get really close to it then you realize oh it's horrific looking <laughs> val is just slowly flicking them away with her tail as they get near her walking across these vines Zara fully unfazed as she's walking around like some of one of them will like land on her shirt and she'll just kind of like swish it off half the time she swishes it off half the time she doesn't she just lets it go away because she knows they'll leave in a minute so but i'm uh, feeling asha is behind or somewhere in this trek just squirming just, nah. <laughs> they just do like fly past you they don't land on you too much but because like you do you are moving a lot but they do mm -hmm. fly past you like they might fly past your face or you know like past your head and everything like that and but for the most part like they leave you alone you don't really have any issues or anything like that and as you as you walk you do eventually get to what is more like solid ground and you come into Ooh. what turns from uh vines into dirt into pieces of stone and you can see what are what would look like you would know on the surface look like dead trees, but uh, you haven't really seen a lot of trees. So they are dead trees, but they look pretty normal trees to you. You're not really used to trees having anything on them. And there is a giant one that's fallen over. The huge giant blue fluorescent like glowing mushrooms are around. Those aren't necessarily like the ones you need, but you know some of the ones you need grow like around them in like little patches. And from one of these trees, you do know that this is one of the uh, trees that you can get some of your uh, bark from and some of your azure stock from some of the uh, trees and fallen shrubbery that is around here. Okay. So you can roll me a uh, nature check to see what is what. 19. Asha? Me too, actually. Nice. 19, all right. You guys make super quick work of finding exactly what you need. You go and you grab it. And as you're like pulling a bunch of this, uh, the stock in, you're getting like a couple of pounds of everything that you need. You're pulling mushrooms up, you're digging around, you're finding everything you need. And roll me a perception check as you do this. Six. Um, eleven. Eleven. has a, uh, a twenty-one. And as Jazara's like, she's pulling like some mushrooms up and like she's pulling off some bark and she's putting it away. She, out of the corner of her eye, she catches movement within the tree, like under where some of these branches are, and she notices the movement. She sees it ahead of time enough to leap forward, grab you both, and pull you backwards. And all three of you fall on your ass as what can only be described as a giant rat with a brain that is exposed crawls its way out of the tree. Holy mother of God, that's disgusting. Oh, don't like it any closer. Jazz, hit it. Kill it. Jazz, do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. Oh, oh, there you go. It is a gigantic, probably a size of a medium dog rat, and its brain is mostly exposed. Like, there's some glowing around where the brain is. Its eyes are completely blank. It's like mouth is open and it's just hissing at you in the most unpleasant way possible. It's an R-U-S. 
a rat of unusual size. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that, but that's funny. <laughs> so there we go. Okay, now this is where we're gonna have some fun. It's some different right. kind of fun. Everybody roll initiative. Okay. So you're gonna roll your d20, and then you're gonna add your initiative modifier, which is on your character sheet next to where your armor class is. 19. 11. Well, the rat got a six, so <laughs> that's fine. Zara only got a five, so that's not great either. Well, I got uh, a ni- 19, so I guess I get to beat it with a rock. I get to throw rocks at something! You can throw a rock. Now, we've, we're in combat, so this is where you're going to look at your um, at your character sheet, and you're going to look under actions and then attack, and it'll give you a list of some of the things that you can do. So you can throw a dagger at it. You can hit it with your quarter staff. You can use your chill touch cantrip to attack it. Uh, you can use one of your only first level spell slots to attack it. Or you can try, I'll use your unarmed strike if you want to throw a rock at it. I want to whack my staff at it. You want to whack your staff at it? Okay. Yes. So you're going to go ahead and roll me a d20. <laughs> Did you say that in the worst way possible? <laughs> now, are you gonna whack it with one hand or two? <laughs> it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> so just doubling down on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just gonna double down on it. One two. handed or two? Two? Two. Okay. So roll your d20 and add two and tell me what you get. <laughs> Three. You, you have your staff in hand and that rat is like right there. You take a you're going full like softball bat ready to hit this thing and you swing and you just miss by like several feet you are not you didn't move closer to it you it was just there and you just took a swing and it nope just fully missed it god damn it i scramble at my waist at my belt to grab a weapon and i pick up my whip. Your whip? Okay. Mm-hmm. So it is your turn, and she doesn't have any bonus actions that she can do, so she can't do anything with that. Okay. So you've got your you've got your whip, and so you can go ahead and roll your d20, and then add your... Uh, so that's 15. So you rolled your dice. What did you get on the dice? Uh, I rolled my dice with... Oh, so 12, and then do I add the... Yep, and you add the plus 3, so you got a 15 to hit it, which does hit it. So you're going to go ahead and grab your D4, which is one of those little pyramids, Uh and you're going to roll it and add a plus 1. Okay. I forgot how to read this. The one on the the, the top. The one that points at the the very top, yeah. Okay, so 2 plus 1. Yep, so that's 3 points of damage. Okay. And you hit the rat with the edge of the whip, and the whip cracks. And like it makes the cracking sound, and the rat over there hisses at you, and it like reels back, and it like starts to like foam at the mouth, and it's and it gets closer to you. And because you're the one who hit it, it is going to try and bite you. Okay. It misses. Like you, it goes and it jumps and it goes to attack you, and it tries to like bite your ankle, but you lift your leg up and just like jump backwards at the same time, and it turns and it like it hisses at you. And it has two attacks, so it is going to turn at this point, and it's going to try and bite 
of a horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. That, that definitely hits. So that hits and uh, it's yes! going to bite out of you. Uh, Valkyrie, you're gonna take three points of damage. Yeah, yeah. Ow! Move, move out of the way. You're supposed to get it. I will get it when you move out of the way. I wasn't in the way. Clearly, you were. Sure. You know what? Your whip didn't do any better than my staff. So At least she actually, hit it. I don't need this from you two. That's all you're gonna get. So. If I die, then I mean, y'all explain that to my parents. Guys, 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 before it lunges again, let's take this fucker down. All right, all right. Jazara, like, uh, takes out an arrow and she's gonna point it directly at the... She's at this point is about 10 feet from the rat because she has to back up to get, like, a better aim at it. So she's gonna roll... You don't even fucking miss. I swear. Hush up, of course I'm not gonna miss. She fires the arrow. She does not miss. For the record, she does in fact hit the rat. We're saved. And that horrible sloshing noise is the blood, apparently. (laughs) You see my blood gushing out of my wound. Slot, slot, slot. She fires the arrow and it goes and it sticks like right into the cheek of this rat. And it's just kind of hanging out there. It's still alive, but it is clearly having a hard time like fighting now that it has like an arrow through one cheek and out the other. So it's kind of gnawing more on the arrow than it would be on anything else. Jazz, you couldn't have, did you have to show off with your skills? You couldn't have shot it straight in its brain. Where's the fun of that? <laughs> and we're back at the top of the order, and it is Valkaria's turn. And I do. So you can do, you can throw a dagger, you can hit it with a quarterstaff, you, you can hit it with chill touch. If you hit it with chill touch, you can back away from it and do it at a distance if you want to. Now, what does chill touch do? It just freezes it? It's or? kind of like a frosty bitch slap. So, oh, like, you take. Yeah. You yeah. take what. Because you know how your mage hand is like a mystical, invisible hand that, like, reaches out? Uh, chill touch is this what looks like a dead skeletal frozen hand that reaches out instead that you can see and it has about 120 feet of reach you only have 30 feet of movement so you can back up the 30 feet so you could put 35 feet of distance between you and this rat yes and, i want to bitch slap this rat and you can reach out with your uh chill touch and this mystical and asha and asha and jazara both see like this mystical giant like hand it is all skeletal and it's just completely frozen and at the end of each finger is like frozen ice claws and you reach out and you just go and you swing and you try to slap the rat roll me a d20 and add five come on bitch slap 19 and she hits the rat so you can go ahead rat and roll 1d8 which is the one that kind of looks like a diamond the one i was looking on four four all right So your hand goes out and it reaches, and you notice that the frost that comes off of it creeps over the side of its face and part of its brain just, like, freezes to ice. Suck it, rat! It is, in fact, still alive. This thing needs to fucking die? Like, now? Asha, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Throw a dagger. Throw a dagger at it? Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and roll me a d20 plus three. Ten. 
so you throw the, you take the dagger off of like your hip, you go and you fling it, and it dodges to the side at the last second, and it stick your dagger sticks in the ground beside it, and you do in fact miss. Now it's the rat's turn. And the rat is chewing like on Jazara's arrow, so it will have to spend one of its uh, attack actions, like biting through it first. Let me see if it can do that. It does do that. So it bites awesome. through it, but it does waste one of its attacks doing it, and it is going to turn. And I will, Valkaria, you're too far away, and it is Asha and Jazara that are standing next to it. Uh, Asha, I will give you the benefit of the doubt of assuming you moved away from it too on your turn. Uh, so it is going to go after Jazara this time. Make it eat rocks, Jazz. It misses Jazara. And it's like it, half of like the little ends of the arrow are still sticking out of its face as it moves up and down. Like, <laughs> like little. And, uh, but it, it uh, lunges at Jazara and she moves back and she's going to go ahead and uh, get it with her longbow once more. She rolls a natural 20, which is fucking fantastic. Which means I, when you roll a natural 20 in attack, it means you double the amount of dice you roll. And for seven points of damage, Jazara launches her arrow and it goes straight through where the center of the brain is and the entire rat it just free, like, seizes up, and then collapses down dead. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Booyah, See, bitches. I told you I'd get it. Just gotta have some Rookie fun. Hearts. I never doubted Did you. I have to bleed before you did? Of course. How else are you gonna learn? Guess who's gonna heal it? <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. Come on, we're wasting valuable time on rats and bickering. Let's go Should find- Should I heal her? Or is she just limping along? Are, are you? Uh, what are you? If you don't heal me, then I'm just gonna I'm, like. What I meant was, how many points of damage did enough? you take? Three, three, three. But she only had eight to start with, so <laughs> that's very fair. <laughs> I'm in pain. Uh, you have fuckers. You have five points of damage. I mean, you can wait and see what happens next. You might encounter something. You might not. You don't know. Um, but just keep in mind how many spell slots that you have, Asha. So that's Can up to you. Can we give her some, like, you got any tinctures, something? Something nope. for her to chew on? Nope. You either have to cast a healing spell or you don't. And your healing spell is, um, healing word. And I will say healing word automatically default, even if you roll the lowest possible number, will heal more of an injury than she already has. Like your lowest okay. you can do is four points of healing, and she only has three points of uh, of damage. Okay, um, hang on, I'm looking for something. But that's up that's up to you. If you want to heal her up to full, go for it, girl. Will that um be my one spell for the day, or however that works? No, or... you have you have two spell slots, so you can okay. cast two spells for the day. Okay. Have you found what so, you're looking yeah. for? So yeah. So one of the quirks that I have is I barely bleed even when I'm injured. Mm-hmm. So. So you but, are injured, but you are not bleeding. Okay. So I'm just. I you just are. Hurt. You just have you an alley. Injured. I just hurt. Okay. So. It just so, yeah. It just hurts. You don't have like you're not bleeding to death. Uh, you don't have any issues with that. One of your other uh, things is that when you dropped like zero hit points, if you roll well enough, you can pop back up to one. But you at this point just have some damage. So. I mean, I guess and I you, can save. You take it like a champ, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take it like a champ and just suffer through the next se- section we're gonna go into. 
Maybe it'll be a nice little park with puppies. And you have no idea what puppies are. <laughs> I will honestly tell you, you've never seen a puppy. With Any our animal? luck, it's not going to be anything cute and cuddly. I know. If it gets worse, I'll heal you, I promise. Please and thank you. For John. For, for John. Oh, I thought you said for John. I'm like, who the fuck That's what is I thought. I'm like, who the fuck is John? <laughs> for John. <laughs> uh, Forge. Ash's John. secret lover we don't know about. Like, what is this? Like, I would ever. Who the fuck is John? Boink someone named John. <laughs> I feel like this is an actual conversation that the group is having. Like, who the fuck is John? And Valkaria and Jazar are now standing like right next to like right next to each other in front of you, Ash. Like, who the hell is John? Why haven't we heard about John? Because he doesn't exist. Gnascar. Thank you. <laughs> Gnascar. That is a real story. Point taken. <laughs> Oh, point taken y'all are y'all are crazy so as the party moves on we we've exited most of the neverlight grove the giant pathways full of vines and trees and gigantic mushrooms have given way to smaller caverns Zara's at the lead of the group and she's navigating like the way because she knows her way around better than either of you because she spends her most time on the other side of the wall and she's navigating through the tunnels and uh as you guys come in, you're starting to see what is now, instead of glowing crystals, you're seeing on the lining the cavern walls are glowing mushrooms. And they're glowing, and some of them are blinking in and out of, like, colors and existence. and things like that. Some of them just pop out of existence where they are, and just, you're not sure if they go invisible or if they just, like, are no longer there. But they're starting to, they, some of them glow blues and greens, some of them have spots and lines, you know without having to do like any kind of check that some of these are poisonous so you try to avoid like touching any of them but uh some of them you might need um and you're coming to look at the map you're coming up here through this middle tunnel right here and as you go through what is enclosed space of about five feet in any direction as you come out uh you get into some wider open space here and i will have everyone roll me a perception check please 17 24 oh all right nice was that on a natural 20 or a 19 19 19 yeah uh just saw 12 and so she you guys come out into this space and asha is actually the only one who notices that some of these mushrooms like on the walls and stuff like that yeah, not all of them are staying put. Oh, motherfucker. And what is quite a few uh, mushroom creatures that you're not really sure what the names of them are, but they, these mushroom creatures that are like implanted in the ground, some of them in the walls, suddenly they start to shift and shake and like dirt falls off of them and giant hands, what you thought were roots, pop out of the ground and they push themselves out of the ground and now four of these creatures are starting to converge on you because they see you and Asha you're the only one who sees it okay guys guys you gotta see this oh, see what shit over there and like Jazara turns and when she sees them she's okay back up back up back up and I don't like it I don't, I don't like it 14 9 Nope, wait, let's not do that. 
If you have a fire spell, you could do it. I have a resistance to fire. This is true. Oh, wait, I have sacred flame as a cantrip. Bitch, cast it! <laughs> okay, I'd like to cast... Oh, can I go now, or does she have to go no, first? No, I, uh... It is not your turn. No, okay. I have ice knife as a spell. Alright. Oh, I can do minor illusion, maybe. Cantrip. At the very start, you watch one of the littler ones, like, kind of look at you, and it kind of, like, shakes, like, some of the spores off of itself, and it turns and darts down one of the additional tunnels, and you don't see where it goes. And But you can hear it making some kind of noise. Like, it's not really, like, a cry, but it's kind of like a weird whining noise as it goes off down, oh. down the tunnel. Mm, just so you're work. left with these these three here, and it is one of the uh, smaller ones' turns first. Alright. It is going to roll... And now I will say, Jazara is probably like in the front because she was the one leading you guys through. And Asha and uh, Valkaria are a little further back, and you can move further back on your turn. But Jazara is going to be about 10 feet from the monster, and both of you can be you know, like right here and right here, of about 15 feet back from it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, middle creature, the uh, one of the smaller of the uh, the three creatures. There's two smaller mushroom creatures, and then there's a bigger one. And that one would be the purple one for the purposes of looking at the map. There's the two okay. small green ones, and then the purple one's the big one. Mm-hmm. So the small one's going to take a whack. It's going to come forward, and it's going to try and take a whack at Jazara. And it hits. It hits Jazara. Ooh, that's got to hurt. For a grand total of four points of damage to Jazara. Uh, it's gotta hurt. You doing over? You doing good over there? Jazz. Yeah, I just fucking hate these things. You've seen them before? Yeah, they hang out in here a lot. This is kind of where they live. So, how Not... often do you come down here? Uh, well, I mean, we... <laughs> well, I mean, I do have to patrol with like the rest of the guard coming through here, but at the same time. Okay. Like, I've encountered a lot of the things you probably wish you'd never see. This is one for the books. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go back in my little alcove in my tunnel and decompress. Um, it is now Jazara's turn. So she is going to take her longbow, she's gonna knock an arrow, and she's gonna fire it at the one that uh, just tried to hit her. Hit it, hit it. And she does. She hits it, and she does a grand total. Seeing how many of them there are, she is going to cast, as a bonus action, the spell Hunter's Mark. So she's going to cast the spell, which does let her do an additional damage. And it takes up one of her spell slots. But you see as Jazara like, pulls her arrow back, and the tip of it starts to glow with like this greenish magic and when she releases the arrow and it sticks right into the middle of the forehead of this like giant mushroom creature a mark of what almost looks like a bullseye in in green is left on the center of its forehead and you can tell she's magically marked this creature and it just lets me do more damage basically oh she does really well 
Yeah, for 15 points of damage, that thing is gone. Immediately, the first round she hits that, I literally almost could not have done higher. I'm like two points away from being like the best I could have possibly rolled that. And immediately the small creature in the middle is, falls over. And it, as it falls, it like turns like this uh, dark, like brown color. And you see like it kind of like shrivels in on itself and rots. And as it collapses to the ground. Actually, I think Jazz has got this one. We can just sit here and watch the show. And both of the other creatures roar when that one happens, and they are pissed. Never mind. Yeah. And that puts it at Valkaria's turn. Valkaria. Valkaria's magic, girl. I know. I am going to throw... Where'd it go? Ice knife. You're gonna use one of your first level spell slots? Yes, I would like to cast Ice Knife. Okay, are you throwing it at the smaller one or the bigger one? Which one's coming at me first? They're both about the same distance, but you can tell that the bigger one is going to be more of the problem. Like that one's the tougher one. I'll go for the bigger one. Okay. So you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna roll me a d20 and you're gonna add five. 25. Did you get a natural 20? Alright, that's really fucking good, girl. So now, instead of rolling 1d10, you're gonna roll me 2, because you do twice the amount of damage. 2d10. 2d10s? Yep. 8. 9. So, 17. You take your ice line and you throw it, and it sticks dead center into this creature. And when it does, it explodes outward and just like a raining shower of ice shards. And the creature screeches. And as it does, like, pieces of it are starting to get frozen, like, where all these giant shards are sticking out of it. And, like, our ice shards are, like, hitting the walls and, like, the floor around it. And, you, like, water splashes. And it you do a huge amount of damage and it kind of like collapses to one knee and it's just trying to pull out these ice shards it is not doing well but you can you it is still alive but it is not doing well and you have done well more than half of the hit points of damage in one fell swoop and now it is the which the uh little sprout rolled the same initiative that you did uh asha so uh it is going to go first and okay. then, uh, so it is going to, it's pissed. And so it's going to move forward. This one here is going to move forward all 30 feet of its movement. So it puts it in, it's going to move right between uh, Jazara and Valkaria. Cause like those are the ones that have been like attacking it so far. And it sees that you've hit what you assume is its parent mushroom of some sort, or at least the elder mushroom of the, of the bunch. And it is going to take one swipe at each of us. And it swings at Jazara and gets a natural 20, so that's not great. <laughs> Damn. It does... It does seven points of damage to Jazara. Oof. Girl, you're just getting wrecked. She's still standing, though, so... And it is going to roll and try and hit Valkaria. Please don't. It does hit you. It rolled a 12. Motherfucker, I'm already in pain. But it does only hit you for one point of damage. So it rolled very badly. Just 
poking the wound with salt. It's fine. Yeah, it reaches out and, like, it backhands Jazara, but as it does, it tries to take a swipe at you and only, like, the edge of, like, its pseudopods, like, kind of scratch at you, so you only take the one point of damage. But Jazara, you see, it hits her, like, square in the back and, like, it knocks her forward, like, five feet because she has to take a step forward. I'm not thrilled about being marred in the face. But it doesn't really, it's not tall enough to hit you in the face, like, it hit you, like, in the side. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, it's, uh, it only stands about, like, three feet tall. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not tall enough to slap you in the face. So, like, it's, like, angry and fierce, but it's not that big. And in all honesty, if it wasn't mad, it'd kind of probably be kind of cute. So. <laughs> uh, and that brings us to Asha's turn. Um, I'd like to cast uh, Sacred Flame. It's a cantrip. Sure. So you cast Sacred Flame, so you're going to go ahead... Actually, the creature, you don't roll the hit for this one. It just, it does hit. But the creature has to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. And your spell DC um, is 13, so it has to roll a 13 or higher to pass. But if it doesn't, then your attack will hit it. And okay. which one of you are attacking? Are you attacking the, the, uh, little, the, one. Little, the little one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Figure I won't melt the ice on the, the ice shards. <laughs> Fair. Um, it only rolls a seven, and even with its its bonus, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. So you can go ahead and roll one d eight uh, of damage that you do to the sign. I got two. Two. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. So you you take your sacred flame, and it turns into like it's this ball of fire that sits mm-hmm. in the palm of your hand, and you take it, and you hurl it forward, and it splashes over the back of this thing. And you think that because it's fire, like, it does more damage to this plant than it normally would have, so your two points of damage does turn into four. Well done. We work well under pressure. Finally. (laughs) No shit. Alright, we are back at the top of the order. Now, the first creature at the very top of the order is dead, because that was the one that Jazara had killed. And uh, so the next in the lineup is Jazara, actually. And she's going to turn and she's going to look at that big uh, giant creature that looks super pissed. And she's going to take a, uh, a swipe at it with her longbow. So she pull, she knocks another thing. She uses a bonus action to the creature that died. Uh, she can take the hunter's mark and transfer it to another creature. So she throws it at the, uh, the giant, the giant mama. Uh, the icicle one? Yeah, the giant really pissed, half-frozen uh, mushroom <laughs> creature. And she hits. So she takes her bow out and she uh, launches at it and she hits directly next to where one of the ice shards is already embedded. And she does 10 points of damage, which as the arrow hits and it hits the ice shard and it drives both the arrow tip and the ice shard deeper into the creature you hear it scream and before it shrivels up and it collapses forward and it is dead huzzah for Jazara alright and that brings us to uh, Valkaria Valkaria what would you like to do so what's left Does it need the, the, little one. the creature the little one? between the two yeah okay little one's still alive I will. I love whacking things with my quarter stuff, but that one you set on fire, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I should. Is he that. still burning, or did it? Uh, like... it like it hit and it, like it exploded outward, but he's not on fire. So. Okay. He's not on fire. No. 
And you don't have to hit it with fire, you just, you notice that it's more effective than anything else. Like, she does bonus damage because she hit it with fire. So you can, uh... Do I want to bitch slap it with ice, or do I want to whack it with the stick? It's right up in front of you. They do the same amount of damage, in all honesty, so it doesn't really matter which one you do. Stick. Whack it with my stick. You're gonna whack it with your stick? Alright. So roll me a d20, and then add two. Six. Six. You take a swing and a miss, and it goes right past you. And, uh, you don't have anything you can do for a bonus action. So it uh, it is the creature's, uh, the little creature's turn, so it is going to turn and try and take uh, swipes. It is going to take a swipe at Jazara. And sorry. It does so hit sorry. 16. It's just like, it's alright. It's alright. I'm so uh, sorry. For only two points of damage. I tried. And it's gonna take its second swipe, this time at Asha. And Asha it is going to hit you for three points of damage. Oof. Okay. Alright, we are back around to the top of the order, which, uh, or no, we're not. We're back to Asha. Asha, it's your turn. What would you like uh, to do? I can do Sacred Flame again, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Then I would like to do that. So I'm gonna Go ahead. Roll the... So oh, it's... No, I, I roll, and I see if I can beat a 13. I don't. With a natural one, I absolutely... The creature <laughs> fails. So you go ahead and roll your 1d8 of damage. Three. Three? That is exactly what you needed. And the last of the creature, as because it does the... Uh, your three becomes a six, and mm-hmm. it the fire this time where you hit exactly where you hit it before, and the fire this time spreads but inward, and you mm-hmm. watch as it slowly lights up from the inside as it turns to ash, and instead of like crumpling in on itself like it was rotting uh, the way mm-hmm. the other ones did, this one just turns to ash from the inside out and is gone. Barbecue okay. anyone? <laughs> I think I'll pass. I think I'm. I'm kind of tired of mushrooms. Kind of over mushrooms at the moment. I'm not sure I'm going to eat anything at the festival, actually. And by the way, ow. And and we are out of of initiative. It's it's not your fault, man. Those things hit hard. So Jazara is going to use one of her her last spell slot. And she's going to cast um, Cure Wounds. Who's the worst? Everybody sucks. Um, <laughs> she's gonna be selfish and she is gonna cast it on herself because she has five out of 18 hit points and she does gain eight more hit points so she's back up to 13 so Jazara's back up to her, uh, 13 and um, Asha you're the only one uh, with spells left you mm-hmm. can now Jazara does turn and she looks at you both and she's like look we're kind of fucked up but we don't have to be back until tomorrow. We can take a rest and relax before we move forward. Queens for the week! I also want a nap. <laughs> yeah, you look... Yeah, I you think are covered in mushroom spores. Do you know that? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. Why don't, why don't I look for a, a place for us to... to like hide at least for a little while one with some running water Uh, fair enough um do you guys want to take like 
just a short break and you can heal up like a little, but you won't gain any spells back? Or do you want to like sleep for the night? And I you will like gain all sleep. of your spells back. Yeah, you'll gain all of your spells back and you'll go back to full hit points. I would like to sleep because I, I, I don't want to wake up and have to trek more into this being right. more grumpy than I am. So Jazara is going to uh, make a couple of uh, survival checks to see if she can find like a, a safe place to like like hide and camp everybody out. Yeah, she does really good. She does 17. Um, yes. All right. I've been, I haven't been through this particular cave, but I, I think I can get us someplace where at least we would only have to defend one side and we're not like out in the open like we are in this bullshit. So she leads you guys around the side of the cavern and down one of like the smaller tunnels. And that's going to be down here where this little part is here. Okay. And uh, say, tell me it's away from the one that ran away. Yes. It yeah. Away. It is hidden and jazara she takes like some of like the uh the rocks and stuff like that and she moves some of them to kind of like obscure like where we're staying for the night she's gonna roll a nature check to see how well that goes that goes pretty well actually cave in yeah so she like she just moves some of the boulders so that like anything that's passing like right by us won't, won't, see, us. won't see us directly and she's like it it won't you know, keep anything out that's like seriously looking for us, but at least this way, anything that passes by won't see us right away. So, and so Jazara like starts like moving some of the stuff around. She clears out some of like the the mushrooms from the area. All right, who wants to take first watch? Because there's no way all of us can just go to sleep here with and let something come up and sneak up on us. And how that'll work is you'll each take two hour shifts, and you can pick which order you want to do it in. I'll take first shift. I'll take second take shift. shift. All right. I'll take the last shift then. Um, so Jazara uh, and Valkaria are going to go to sleep. They lay down. It's not really that comfortable because it is literally just rocks and like mushrooms and stuff like that. Mm. Like it's kind of like for the Underdark, it's kind of pretty because like there are little bits of mushrooms that are glowing and like pretty colors and like in and out and stuff like that. Or it can be really irritating in the fact that the mushrooms are glowing while you're trying to sleep. So it just really depends on your perspective of it. It doesn't bother me as I'm punching mushrooms to make like <laughs> a little like mound a of pillows. Like a little mushroom like pillow. You find like a mushroom that's probably like a foot tall, you know, it's got like this large mushroom cap to it. And you kind of like take the stock part of it off and like, just use like, the cap of the mushroom. <laughs> like, that's a exactly what I'm doing in my little corner. And you, you just happen to find one that doesn't glow. So it's not like a pain in the ass, like glowing in your face. And Asha, as you stay up for your shift, you're going to go ahead and roll me a perception check, please. Okay. Ten. Ten? Mm -hmm. Your watch, you know, it goes uneventful. You hear some, like, skittering noises, like, here and there. You hear a couple of, like, what you assume are some of these creatures kind of, like, walking around and stuff like that. But nothing really sees you. You don't really see anything. And your watch pretty much goes uneventfully. And at the end of your two hours, you go and you kind of, like, lean over and, like, you wake uh, Valkaria up for her shift. Mm. It's your turn. Uh, Give me your mushroom. Get your own mushroom. This is mine. You don't need it for the next two hours. Give it. Uh, fine. Take the damn mushroom. And I make myself a little bed, and I'm out like a light. And there you go. I'm not. I'm not happy. 
you prop <sighs> yourself up against the wall. You're not happy. You're just kind of sitting there and you're just like kind of keeping an eye out on things. And go ahead and roll me a perception check, please. Six. Six. As you're sitting there, you don't you don't really hear like a lot of the noises or anything like that. You don't really see anything. And but as you're in, you know, you're so tired and you're starting to like drift in and out a little bit. And in one of these moments and when you like come like you kind of like jolt awake because you've like dozed off a little bit and you do like a little a little look around. It's about that time that at the top of where the rocks are that uh, Jazara had placed in front of the cavern, you see these little tendrils that are jet black and they're like slowly making their way over the rocks. But as they do, they're moving like kind of like to to the left as they go and where past like where your little hallway thing is, but they're slowly like creeping over it. And you watch as like they're, it's almost like hands that are like just slowly like leaving their fingers on the other side and it moves down the sides of the rocks and then it go and then just eventually it just disappears from view and you don't see it anymore and you like at this point you're like your back is like straight and you are you know you're holding your quarter staff and you're ready and you're prepared but it doesn't nothing comes through there or anything you just you just saw the little tendrils and they went away and you don't hear anything and uh the rest of your shift goes uneventfully i'm awake now <laughs> <laughs> and you can go ahead and wake jazara for her shift the second you tap jazara she's sitting upright she's like what what happened? It's, it's it's your turn for watch. Also, there were some creepy shadow finger thingies that I don't know what they were. What color were they? Black. Fuck. You don't hear anything? No. Right. They just kind of tippy tap. They, they they tippy tap their way over the rocks and went away. Great. Well, let's hope it's not waiting for us when we leave. Last thing I want to deal with is a hook horror with all of this. I'm sorry. What? A hook horror. It's uh, well, it's a hook horror. It's a giant tentacle creature that's jet black, has a giant maw, looks a lot like a rock right up until you get to it, and it tries to tear you apart limb by limb with all of its tentacles. Well, guess what? You can tell Asha all about that one. We all know how much (laughs) she likes tentacles. Wait, what? And (laughs) And she does not like them. She's creeped out by them and their beaks. Really thought you were making like a hentai reference. No, I was <laughs> just like, like uh, you know doesn't know what that is, but you know uh, what? You know Misty what? Misty has questions. I, I must have missed the hentai portion of Ash's background, but hey, I wish I wish it was hentai, but it was uh, the boys. It was the boys, and uh, the the Aquaman type character was uh, doing inappropriate things with a with an octopus. The boys is a weird fucking show. So. It is. The funny part of this story is that after her and Hayden watched it, uh-huh. she went, like, they went to go lie down. And she was like, I have an interesting fact about octopus. And then she completely forgot. Lies down. And then goes, they have beaks. <laughs> I had gone to bed. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. And all of a sudden, my brain went, oh, no. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> All right, uh, Jazara's gonna roll a perception check to see what she sees. That is a. Uh, she gets a 12. 
She doesn't really see anything. She sits up, but she does sit the whole time. She sits cross-legged facing like the gap with her bow in her lap, especially after finding out like, you know, like that Valkaria saw those tentacles and she's just absolutely laser focused on, on the entrance way. And as like the time rolls around, it's about time to wake you up. She wakes you both up. And on your D&D Beyond character sheets, you can go ahead and hit the button at the top that says long rest. Cool. Long rest taken. All right. And you have all of your hit points back and all of your spell slots back. Yeah. Nazara stretches and she says, I didn't see anything for the night, but when we leave, let's make sure we're really careful about what we see. Yeah. No, no, no horror. What? Yeah. No, uh, no hook horrors. Hook horrors. Let's, let's not find any of those. And she's, like, she's kind of, like, mocked the other things that you've seen in here, but the hook horror is, like, that's a different expression on her face. Like, she is Clearly. much more serious about the idea of, like, that's something far worse than any mushroom creature is going to be. So you guys come out of the cavern, like, Jazara is very careful and very slow as she, like, moves the rocks and, like, she looks first before she moves, like, more of the rocks and she makes you both stay in the cave while she steps out and, like, she'll do, like, a check of the perimeter and, uh, yeah, uh, she gets a 13. She doesn't see anything uh, as she, like, looks around. Like, she can hear a little skittering and stuff like that, but there's no hook horrors to be seen. And you guys are now at the beginning of the day of the festival like it'll start at midnight this night so Mm -hmm. so you guys come out into the cavern um you know there's two pathways there's one where you know the mushroom creature went off to towards the right and through water you can kind of tell by looking at it like there's it looks like the water gets a little deeper there but you do know that's where the mushroom creature walked through and then there's the larger portion uh, that goes up into the more wide open space of the cavern where you haven't seen anything yet. So would you like to go to the right and follow the mushroom creature or would you like to go up? Up. Uh, up. Up. Okay. So you guys go up and I'm going to have everybody roll me a perception check. Now, how long is it going to take to get back? You guys took an, a nap and if you don't take a nap before like to uh, to go back, it should only take you like a couple hours to get back. Okay. So as long as you guys me. don't take like 20. another eight hours, you've got essentially, it's probably about nine in the morning. You guys went to bed a little early. It's probably like eight or nine in the morning. So you do have quite a few hours ahead of you. You've got uh, more than 12 hours. So you you know, as long as you leave with like two or three hours of time, if you don't dilly dally uh, coming back, you can get back in time. All right. We both rolled a natural d20. No, I, I rolled 15, oh, 15 and then I have a plus five. No, no, so yeah. I rolled a natural d20. You roll a natural 20. So as you're walking, you go ahead and you are going to see it. Oh, no, 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 no. Guys. You guys are walking through the tunnel and it opens up and it's it's pretty wide and you're seeing uh, mushrooms that you guys need to get. So you're collecting some like along the way as you're going and you're paying like Jazara and... Uh, Asha are paying a little more attention to like gathering the mushrooms like at this point like like let's hurry up let's go we're wasting time at this point we've taken a lot of time but Valkaria as you're looking around you hear skittering on one of the walls and you look up and on the ceiling is a 15 foot like big spider that is half spider half person oh no 
and it is a drider. It is like a um, like a centaur, but with spider. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I can see it. To keep from crying. It is a gigantic spider creature, but where its head should be coming up out of it is the torso of a person, and it is much more savage looking than any normal person you see. Like, its eyes are completely red, but, like, there's, like, red slits that, like, come down on its face. It has, like, a couple extra eyes, like, around the forehead, and its teeth are all sharp, and it's just hissing at you. And it has, like, it doesn't have, this picture has a sword, but it doesn't have a sword. But it's, <laughs> it, it's just got its hands up, and it, in one hand, it does have what looks like a very long, almost like, you want to say it's a stick, but you're not entirely sure what it's made out of. It might be made out of mushroom, it might be made out of vine, but, uh, and it is just hissing at you. And because you saw it, it does not get a surprise attack on you, which is great. Uh, because it means it can't attack you guys, uh just like out of nowhere it has to go through the initiative order and on that note roll initiative 18 12 Asha don't look up (laughs) so the creature rolls really fucking well it goes first and this creature is moving and it like comes down and, and it crawls down the wall and it moves faster than any of the creatures you've encountered here before and it goes from top of this 25 foot ceiling to on the ground probably about five to ten feet away from you at this point to so it went from you don't see it to it's in your fucking face and it is going to try and it is going to take a swipe attack at jazara's probably in the front unless you guys had a different configuration no (laughs) no jazz can take the first hit it's fine all right now i'm just going to take my first hit so she takes, she does hit because it rolls an, another natural 19. I need a worse dice. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> takes two points. It's going to take, it has three attacks and it's going to take two of them at Shazara. Oh God. It does not hit with a five in the next one. It's third attack. It's going to turn. It's going to try and swipe at Asha. It, with a natural one, it does miss. So the only person it does hit is Jazara. And it hits her for a, a grand total of only two points, because it's not the strongest thing out there. But it hits her for two points. And she's pissed. She's like, what the fuck, I just <laughs> woke up. <laughs> I haven't even had my coffee yet. And next up is uh, Val. You're up. Oh, boy. All right, I'm going to throw, what was it, my ice knife at it? You're going to use one of your spell slots to throw an ice yeah. knife? Sure. I would want to bitch slap it, but I don't want to get that close. But wait, you said mine goes up to how many feet? Your ice knife is 60 feet away, so you don't have to. uh, And the chill touch is? 120 feet. You can't be that far away from it, but you can move backwards your full movement of 30 feet and put about 40 feet of distance between you and this thing and use either spell. Both spells will reach him at this point. However... Do you know Ice Knife explodes and is it's right in front of Jazara, it will hit Jazara. Alright, fine, I'm gonna bitch slap it then. You're gonna bitch slap it with Chill Touch? Mm-hmm. So yes. go ahead and roll me a D20 plus five. Sixteen. Sixteen, you hit. So go ahead and roll me a D eight. Six. Six? Okay, that's good. 
bitch slap that motherfucker. It reminds me of, uh, was it Maeve's sisters? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You reach your chill touch hand in this necrotic looking frozen skeleton hand reaches out and you go and you smack it right in the face and it like it jerks its body to the side and it like part of its face has got like frozen uh, pieces to it and it turns and it like tilts its head at an un- 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 very unnatural angle and it hisses at you and it just it's now it's looking just directly at you <sighs> hiss back. it hisses back yeah it hisses at you um, and she hisses back. And I hiss yep. back. <laughs> it is just like the next 20 minutes are spent just hissing at each other. Like, back and, <laughs> and good night, folks. And, and scene. And Asha, it is your turn. You're up next. I would like to cast sleep to knock it out. Okay. So you are going to roll 5d8s and then give me the total. And if you hit the number of hit points the creature has left or higher, it will knock it to sleep. If you don't, it will have no effect. You said five times? Yes. 16. 16? Mm-hmm. The creature is over there and it's hissing and it's got all these legs like sprawled out. And you hit it with like this energy isn't really something that you can see so much as you feel. And like you pull the energy of the magic sleep spell up and like you push it through your hands and you shove forward at aiming at the creature. And you can see it like take a step back as it waves like over it. And it kind of like sways back and forth for a second before it shakes and it hits the ground and it is asleep. You needed All right, a 15 girls. or higher, so good job. <laughs> <laughs> so this creature is is asleep. So you can, uh, it will be asleep unless you like go and like smack it awake. Like you're, you're okay. good. It's it's a deep slumber. You have to, you'd have to go wake it up. For it can we murder it? it, it sleep? Can we kill it while it's if sleeping? You attack it, it will wake up. Oh, okay. Fuck. So yeah. what we should do is run. Run. Time to go. Time to go. So, time to go. Jazara's like, don't touch it, don't don't look at it, just leave it alone, like, let's get the fuck just out of here. Just fucking going, run. going. And as you, like, you you go past it, like, you tiptoe past it, and you go into what is a much bigger open cavern, and there's a bunch of mushrooms and everything like that, and Jazara turns, like, she's like, spread out, grab what we need, and let's go. And everybody roll me a perception check, please. Twelve. Seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val, you, as you go and, like, you're using your mage hand and you're, like, grabbing, like, the mushrooms and things like that as you're, as you're packing everything in. And you turn, and you notice that in, towards, like, the middle but the back of the cave, like, there's a piling of, like, rocks. And at the top of it, you can just see the top of something that you can tell isn't natural here and looks man-made. Okay. And you can go forward to inspect it you'll have to climb up like the it is above like your eye level it's about 10 feet up so you'll have to crawl up the the ledge if you'd like um but you so make if you want to you can make me a strength check to try and do that two i I do not make it up there two kind of (laughs) like kind of like crawl up there a little bit and uh, like as you're trying to look up you can see that this there is something up here you're not certain what it is but there's definitely something up here you can either try again or you can ask for help from somebody oh well this is killing me so i gotta try again 14 
14, you make it oh up my, there. Sorry time, ass up there. This time, like, you're, instead of just, like, trying to, like, just jump and, like, push yourself up, you, like, actually look for the handholds and, like, the footholds and you pull yourself up. And as you get to, like, the top of this, uh, like, 10-foot little ledge, you can see that there's a chest sitting on top of it. It's probably about eight inches by maybe, like, four inches, but there is a full wooden chest and it's outlined with, like, metal. It looks kind of um, a little crudely made but you can tell that it is a, a a very heavy chest because of the metal that's on it. And if you'd like, you can make me an arcana check to see if there's anything magical about it. Ooh. Six. <laughs> Six. You can tell just from your innate magic that you have um, that it, there is something magical about this. You're not entirely sure what it is, whether it's the chest itself, whether maybe it's the lock on it. If you spend some time with it, um, you could figure it out. You could ask for help from maybe one, like one of the others uh, to see if they can help figure it out. Um, but as you're looking at it, you do notice like around like the front of it, there's a couple of runes inscribed on it and you're not really sure what those mean. What are the other two doing right now? Grabbing mushrooms. Grabbing mushrooms. Yeah. So no one has noticed me climb up this thing. No. So you have a closed chest that you are aware is slightly magical. What would you like to do with it? Is it movable? Yes. It's kind of heavy, but you can pick it up. Okay. Um, can I kick it down? You know you'd risk breaking it, but you can give it a shot. Okay. Um, I'm going to walk it down then. Hey, yeah. Asha. Asha. Whaty? Found something. <laughs> it doesn't move. Don't worry. Well, what? Does it, what does it do? It's shiny. Mm. Nothing ever good comes from you finding something shiny. What did you find? I don't know. It's a box. And it's got some runes on it. And I know that y'all are good with runes. Should I climb up there and help her? Like, oh, I'm bringing it down. Oh, you're bringing yeah, it she's down. bringing it down. So you can you can walk up and you can see it. Um, Look at the shiny Asha, box. Asha, if you would like. That is a shiny you, box. You can roll a history check for me. Sure. With advantage because you have a background in this. Okay, so that means roll it twice, right? Yes. Okay. First one was would be 13. Okay. And the second one would be 20. The 23. A, a natural 20. Yes. You look at this and you know that this is um, old Durgar symbols. Mm -hmm. So, and like you can read it and it says locked once, open twice in Durgar symbols on it. Locked once, open twice. Yes. And okay. if you would like, uh, Valkaria, you can make a. Now that she's told you like this, it's about the lock that's on it, and you're looking mm -hmm. at the lock. You can make me another Arcana check to better understand this lock. All right. Nineteen. Nineteen. Yep. You can tell by the way that the the magic that is on this is activated is that if you unlock it you're pretty sure like if you were just to try to open it you could tell there's a spell on it and it would it probably explode at some okay. point probably probably not ruin the chest but it would hurt you at the very least um but if you try to unlock it judging that and by what you know of what it says you would assume you'd have to unlock it once open it close it unlock it again and there might be something inside of it at that point. I'm you, down to try. You don't have anything to pick the lock with. Jazara, however, does. Because she has a thieves tool. 
She sneaks out of her house a lot. <laughs> and Yo. she sneaks into some shit, too. Hey, Jazz. What? You want to pick a lock? Ooh. Magic I lock. Like picking locks. Ooh. I really like picking Challenge. Locks. And so she's going to come over and you're going to like tell her like because you can see the magic that's like swirling in this lock mm-hmm. and so you're going to be able to help her figure out how to lock it unlock it without like setting off the magic ball that is attached right. to it so do you want to roll an arcana check uh to help her out if you do well enough it'll give her a bonus sure she does. 24 24 all right uh yeah Jazara does really well too so the lock ticks, magic in it buzzes for a moment, but it calms down and the lock uh, like snaps and Jazara's going to open it. She doesn't see anything in it, but uh, you know by what it says in the front, close it and then try to do it again. So roll again for me. 15. 15. Still high enough. The Jazara uses her her tools. It's, this takes her longer because she and she'll tell you, she's like, this is... The first one was an easy lock. This one is much more complicated. And she's having a hard time turning what f- almost feels like rusty gears in some way. But it, And it takes her like a good solid actual minute of sitting there and fiddling with it. But with your help, she eventually clicks it and unlocks it. And if you want, you can open it. Oh, I really want to open this damn thing. And you open it. take a healthy step back. Fair enough. How far back do you stand? Mm, five feet. Five feet. Okay. Out of the immediate blast zone. Out of the immediate blast zone. That's that's fair. And I open. So, it, I, I mean, I, I really want to open it, but I can't. I, I open it with the edge of my staff. Just okay. Like, so you're gonna step. You can open it with mage hand and step a really far back if you want. Like your mage nice. hand has a range of 120 no, she's feet. Too curious. I I'm think. too curious. I'm gonna use my, my staff. Okay. So you take your staff and Jazara probably only takes like a couple steps back away from you like she's standing closer to you than probably asha is but she is standing not in the directly in front of it so you take your staff and you go and you push we it we know how you, this goes oh yeah and you and you push it. yeah this is probably a situation you guys have encountered before in all honesty just with <laughs> varying different exploding things and like you use your staff and you push it open and inside are two potions of healing Ooh. yes so I will tell you what that means. So you can drink a healing potion when you're injured, and uh, it will heal you for, I believe, 1d4. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, a potion of healing. It's 2d4 plus 2. So the next time one of you is injured, uh, you can drink it, and it will heal, and you can roll, and you can get hit points back for it. So good find. All right. All right. And uh, there's two of them. And Jazara is going to say, you guys should probably take that. (laughs) She just immediately is just like shoving Valkaria towards it. Like here, you squishy girl. I know. And I'll keep this one safe for you too. My my backup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My backup potion. And with that, you guys, like, you go and you hit towards the edge of this cavern and you've gotten, you have a great deal of what you needed at this point, but you're still missing, like, some of the harder to find stuff. Of course we are. And as you step out of, like, this mushroom cave, you come into contact with what it, it, like, you enter another, like, larger cavern and it is gigantic fluorescent mushrooms from, like, 
floor to ceiling in giant towers. And it's beautiful to look at. Like they're glowing like this really bright blue. And it almost like they, they pulse, almost like they have a heartbeat on it. And there's like water on the ground and like the ripples as it's like stuff lands on it, like little bugs, little drips of water, like glowing pulses come out of the ripples. And it's gorgeous to look at. And you just kind of stand there for a moment and just take in. The Underdark is a very dark place and there's a lot of like creepy things in it, but it is at times very beautiful and you just kind of walk through this you're looking for like some of the mushrooms and things that you have and you do come across as you're walking around and you walk for maybe like 30 minutes or so like trying to look for things most of it is just gigantic and not helpful to you in any way but as you're walking around like in the stone you do see what looks like a crudely carved like doorway and so you can approach that and you can try and go through that I'm gonna go through it? Yeah. Yes. Alright. You guys approach the uh, cavern doorway and like kind of like looking around and it's kind of like a, a cavernous area. Um, I know the photo looks like it has a creature in it. There's no creature. <laughs> um, but it looks, but it is like a, a, like a, there's water on the ground. There's some, like the, it's much shorter in here, probably only about 15 feet up to the ceiling and it is a little way more enclosed but you're starting to see like little like mushrooms they're very small too small for what you need um but you do notice like there's a couple of like bigger ones here and they're still too small for what you need but as you go into the cavern like you can go look for like bigger ones and stuff like that gonna venture around and look for some stuff oh yeah, oh, yeah. good <laughs> so you walk into this chamber here and it's you are at the beginning of this chamber right up there. And as you walk in, you see a tunnel that branches off to the left. Then there's a tunnel that goes upwards and that's the larger tunnel. And then you see uh, more tunnel space uh, as you walk through. And there's another tunnel to the right. And then there's, so it's a tunnel to the left that's closest to you, a tunnel to the right that's a little further away and a tunnel that leads straight ahead. You can go together, you can go like separately. You don't have to go very far separately, but you can like go take a look around if you'd like. I'm going to be the idiot and go towards the center because I okay. just does. Asha, what would you like to do? I will take a short look down the left-hand panel, but not go very far. Just enough okay. to make sure I don't hear anything. Okay. Uh, go ahead, and as you're walking down there, and Jazara's kind of going to stand where she can see both of you, but uh, Asha, go ahead and roll me a perception check, and uh, Valkaria, go ahead and roll me a perception check as well. 21. 15. 15. And 21. Asha, as you're standing there, you notice it carved into the stone, there is a door. Like, it is a fully functioning looking door okay. directly in front of you, and it is. Okay. And, uh, Valkaria, as you're looking around, you notice um, what you think might have been a door, but it's not fully finished being carved out. Like, you can see, like, like where it would open where it's not fully connected like, to the wall, but it looks very crude. And uh, you can try and open that if you'd like, but um, Ashley, you can also try and open your door if you'd like as well. Okay. Okay. I would like to okay. try and open it. All right. And so you, and uh, Valkara, you, it takes you a, like a minute. You have to like sit and really pull on this door to try and get it to open. And I'm going to have you make me a strength check to try and open this, this stone door. 19. 
19. It takes you a hot second because it is solid stone, but you pull it open and like you like you kind of wedge your shoulder in there. And Jazara is standing in the middle watching two of you go through doors. And she's just like, Fuck, which one of these people do I follow? And like, neither of them are very competent. So. And she is going to turn and she's going to go after Valkaria uh, because Valkaria, one, is the squishiest, but two, is having the most trouble like getting her door open because it's solid stone. Ash, uh, you on the we other also hand. also know I'm going to be the one that's going to get into the most trouble. Fair enough. Ash, you on the other hand, just fully open your door and you can step into it and show you what's on the other side. Ashley, you step into a room that has like what looks like shelves and you can investigate the shelves if you'd like. There are some crystals and things like that and some mushrooms like growing around here, but there's a bunch of what looks like bookshelves, not here. really yeah. full. Um, yeah, you uh, are shelves down over here, here and uh, Valkyrie and Zara are about to go through there. Um, so you can investigate these shelves if you would like to see if there's anything on them, books, documents, things like that, if you'd like. So do you want to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you'd like to do that, you can make me an investigation check. Oh, I thought that was, you were talking to her. Oh, no, nope, that's you. you. The whole, <laughs> someone's name must have been said, and then I went, oh. <laughs> okay, investigation. Uh, 12. 12. You, as you're starting to like shuffle through these, there's not really a lot on the shelves, but as you open like one of the drawers, there are some very old looking documents like hanging out in here and you can collect those if you'd like. Absolutely. And you start going through and you take, and you like, you find a couple of pieces of paper. As you open one of the drawers, like you, you find like a whole like little sheaf of paper. Some of it's blank. Some of it's not, you don't really look at it so much as you just like start like, I'm going to just take this with me. And so you like start putting these in your bag and you like start in, you look at some of them and some of them have like Duragar like writing on them, but some of them have other writing. And if you would like to make me a history check, I can tell you what that is. Whoa. <laughs> a 10. A 10. You recognize it in a way that it looks familiar. You can't quite place it, but you think with study, you could probably identify what it says. Okay. And we're going to switch over to Valkaria. Valkaria, as you step through this very heavy stone door and Jazara's coming up, it's probably about 10 feet behind you because you're opening it as she's walking to mm -hmm. you. Go ahead and make me a perception check, please. Two. Two. You do not see it, but it does see you. Uh, great. And what looks like a... You don't know... What, like a mole looks like but you sure as hell know what this demonic ass six foot tall giant underdark mole looks like and it has a, a very like weird at the what should be a normal mole face has a beak at the end of it and two gigantic sets of claws are attached to the end of it and it looks at you and it doesn't say anything but it is laser focused on you and it is going to take a swipe at you because it sees you before you see it. I'm picturing the cross between a bead drill and a scyther. Yeah, pretty much just with long, uh, like, mole-like claws, basically. Right. So, Jazz, help me. It sees me. <laughs> and so it's going to go and it's going to, what it's going to do is it's going to take a, a swipe at you. And instead of trying to, like, attack you, it's going to try and grab you instead. Oh, hell no. <laughs> and like it which is hard for it to do because it has like mostly claws but it hooks its claws into like the front 
of your shirt and it pulls you forward five feet into the chamber. So it doesn't, like, it doesn't do damage, but it pulls you closer to it. And at this point, Jazara sees you and she's just like, and she gets this gonna, thing off of me. She's gonna run in there, but at the same time, everybody roll initiative for me. This includes you, Asha. Ten. Oh, what shit? Twelve. Okay. Uh, Jazara got a twenty-two, so she goes first. Uh, so she's gonna use most of her movement to like get into the chamber with you. Luckily, she doesn't have to like get up and close and personal with it but she's going to use her movement she was probably right about there and it'll take all of her movement to get into the actual room with you but it doesn't matter because she's going to take a shot at giant creepy mole creature Jazz please make it stop touching me she does hit so that's good and she's going to she's not going to cast um, Hunter's Mark yet but she is going to fire her bow at it for nine points of damage so that's good and like she hits it like right in the hand where it's holding you and like it you can tell that the grip that it has on your shirt like lessens because there's now a giant arrow sticking out of it and next does it release me? no no it doesn't however it is the mole's turn and it is going to try and grab Jazara now too Oh, and look at that. It does. It does, in fact, reach over and it grabs Jazara and it yanks her forward too. And now it's holding both of you with one in each claw. Jazara, this was not the plan. Why are you no, here? No, but in all honesty, when has anything we've ever done gone to plan? You're supposed to be the stronger one. I am, but you're also supposed to not walk into rooms without looking in them first. You know what? Asha! <laughs> Asha, help! Asha! And it can is I hear you? Yes, you can hear them at this point. Like they, okay. uh, there's two doorways between you and them. There's no mm-hmm. door; it's just archways. And uh, it will take you uh, a set of your whole turn to like get to them. But mm-hmm. it is not your turn yet. It is in fact Valkyrie's turn. Mm-hmm. All right, it's got me. We have the front of my outfit. You can do a strength, an opposed strength check to try and get it to let go of you, or you can just straight up attack it. And I'm gonna do my favorite thing and try to bitch slap it, because I'm just so close to it. The chill touch bitch slap? Yep. Alright. Go ahead and roll me a d20 plus 5. 24! 24, alright. So you go and you take the the chill touch hand and you just directly into its face, and it freezes in it, rears back, and go ahead and roll me 1d8 of damage. Five. And it roars, it roars back and there's like ice covering like its beak and things like that. It still has a hold of both you and Jazara and it is still standing, but uh, you very clearly did damage to it. Asha, it's your turn. Okay. Uh, do I need to roll to run or? No, move? you can just, you you run into the room. You do see it uh, in the creature yeah. and you can hear the screams of your friends and it takes all of your movement to get there, but you do, you are within range of the creature at that point. Okay. You see, in one hand, it's like, it has Jazara, and in the other hand, it has uh, Valkaria. And I am both shocked and not shocked seeing yes. this Very scene much in front so. of me. Asha, stop gawking and help. 
Oh, shit. How do we always end up in this position? I, I feel like this happens all the time. Are, are we casting blame on me? Is that what we're doing here? I think we're casting blame on the universe. Yeah. Okay, I'll take At this that. point, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I can do something, right? So you can uh, attack it with a physical weapon like a dagger or your whip, or you can cast a spell like Guiding Bolt. Um, is one of your leveled spells that you can use as an attack if you'd like. Okay. Um, if I were to cast something, like, I'm obviously going to have to make sure it doesn't hit you guys, right? Well, um, as or long as it... it's not an area of effect spell. Like, a spell like Guiding Bolt only hits one target, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay. Um, other spells, like, um, for instance, one of the spells uh, Valkaria can learn later is called Fireball. And that one is just like a, I set everything in this vicinity on fire. It doesn't matter who it is. But Guiding Bolt not, is... I not um, that. Yeah. Okay. But uh, um, it is one of the most powerful sorcerer spells, though, just FYI. But uh, you can use a spell like Guiding Bolt and just directly attack the creature. Okay, let's try that. We're gonna. I'm going to try Guiding Bolt. Okay. So go ahead and... Uh, it has both arms. Like, like there, it can't really do a whole lot because it has, like... Uh, two people caught. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and roll your d20 for me. And add five. 21. 21. And that you're... All of us that are in this chamber watch as Asha, she steps forward and like the symbol of the Moonweaver that she wears around her neck just pulses with this blue light and it glows and it just starts to shine brighter and brighter and brighter and she lifts her hand up and you point your hand at this creature and the light from your pendant wraps around your hand and shoots directly through the creature roll me 4d6 and Valkaria oh, regular just... dice <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry and Valkaria and Jazara are both at this moment watching you channel the energy of the Moonweaver herself. Jazz, do you see this? I mean, to be fair, we always did know she was pretty kick-ass. <laughs> um, now we get to watch it happen. 16. 16? Your bolt of moonlight energy hits this creature square in the chest. Light explodes out of it, and the creature screams, and it, it doesn't get ripped apart. It is just disintegrated instantly, and it is dead. Bro. <laughs> of course, you guys kind of drop to the ground a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like, a just kinda like, it's not very far, but we're just both turning and like, kind of look at you like, girl. You've been holding back. back. Yeah. Shit. Lucky shot. Maybe you should, Lucky maybe shot. You should put you right. in the front. Yeah. <laughs> and now you can explore uh, this chamber, and you do notice from where the mole creature would have come from, there is another chamber beyond that. Ooh. I want to go to the chamber beyond it. Going to do All some right. exploring? Yeah, I see a chest. There is a chest in there, and would you like to investigate the chest? If so, yeah, roll me an absolutely. investigation check. I was going to investigate. Too. 22. 22? Natural 20. 19. Natural 20. All right. So you look at this chest, uh, Valkaria, with a natural 20. You can instantly tell there's not magic on this one. This one is just, it seems to be like a normal style chest. Um, and as uh, you're looking at it, uh, Asha, you can tell like the, the markings on it because you can read in like some of the, it's under common. It's old under common, but it is under common, which is language all of us speak in the Underdark. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you can see like it it just seems kind of like a normal like label is on it and if you guys want to open it you can go ahead and open it because it's not locked you can tell it's together yeah together 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 lift it up it makes like this horrible like squeaking sound of hinges that just have not been opened in a oh this one's old (laughs) this one is really old but sitting sitting in it is a stack of three books and oh my favorite present and if you'd like you can open them and like or take a look at them and see what they say yes yeah and as you pick them up like you guys are looking at them and it's very old under common that's written on them but uh Actually, uh, Asha, go ahead and make me a history check. And, Lakari, you can make one if you want to. Six. Fourteen. Fourteen. Asha, as you're looking at it and you're holding it, and, like, it takes you a second because it's really old under common to, like, translate that into, like, much more modern speech. These are old enough that you think maybe they were from not long after the founding of when the nameless city was here because this whole room that you're in isn't something that you've ever heard of it's not something you've ever heard of being here this whole area and chamber it might have been from when people first came to the underdark in escaping the calamity or in the maybe century or so afterwards you understand any of this because i think this is really old i mean old really really old like like post calamity old immediately post- really shit yeah so it's old as dirt okay it's as old as the nameless city at, at least Damn. anything good All right. and you look at the the titles and as you're looking at the titles one of them looks like it it looks like it's somebody's name on it it looks like it's a personal journal of some sort um, and it's all written in like the old, like under a common language. One of them has what looks like, um, a, like a map almost drawn into the, the front of it of the second one, but it's not of anywhere you've seen before. You're not really sure where it is. It doesn't look like anywhere in the underdark. Um, you'll have to like do some investigating with it to see if you can try to identify where it is. And hey, jazz, hmm. come check out this map. Zara's gonna walk over. She's gonna look at it, and she looks at it, and she like takes the book from you, and she kind of looks at it, and she's like, "That looks like the surface. That's not the Underdark. Like that's that's definitely the surface." And she points out where like it's like flat, and there's like some mountain ranges on it that aren't obviously are very not much not present in the Underdark. She's like, "Those are those are mountains." You sure? Yeah, yeah, those are definitely mountains. I don't, I don't recognize this mountain here? range. I don't know, but like, I don't recognize this mountain range. But if these things are as old as around the calamity, maybe it's a map of the surface before the calamity. We're not going to show this to anyone, are we? Oh fuck no, we okay, cannot we show this to anybody. Okay, good. In your nook, where no one can find it. Yeah, it's this. This is a. This belongs in our in our in our tunnel. It's definitely the best place for it because, as interesting as it is, this is not something I want to show people. And as the, the third... temple of the moon weaver would do anything to get their hands on this. So we let's figure out what anyone. it is first. Let's figure piratry. Out what it is. Piratry, sure. And you pick up the third book, and the third book looks like it's almost records. 
you're not okay. really sure what they are, you'll have to like take a, some time and like really sit with them and read them and try and like translate them. But it looks like it's some kind of records because it it'll have like almost bullet points and more than anything else it has bullet points and then like it'll might like, skip a page and then it'll have more bullet points and you're not really sure what they are. So, but you found some books and you're going Ledger's more like. Yeah. Cuz you're collecting I'm just the tuck this into my bag here <laughs> where it's going to be safe and we'll bring it back to the cave. All right. That works. Well, we'll definitely hide these because this isn't something I think anybody should see at the very least until we figure out what they are. I don't, I don't know if there was something else here before like, and she looks at Ash and she's like, it's, it is under common. Right. And it is. It's very like, old under common. Okay, so definitely not a chance that it's like the language of the Elithids, right? And you Nothing can do like I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you the Elithid language is very like very different. They don't tend to write a lot of things down and you and you know that. But uh Jazara says, Well, at the very least, at least it's not a Lithid. And uh, you guys can stash all of that away, and if you would like, you can go explore the rest of the cave. Or you can do some nature checks in the areas that you've already been in and try and find the last of the goods that you need. My my sorcerer senses are telling me we're running out of time. I figure we should just pack up and go get get back before right. Mrs. Kell kills us. Fair enough, because she will. Uh, yeah. Roll me a nature check as you move into the main tunnel. 15. Me too. All right. Uh Kazara got a 10. Uh, so yeah, she didn't do great. Uh, but as you guys move, because she's, Jazara, she's looking around and she's like keeping an eye for any other things that are going to try and kill us. And uh, you guys look and you find several of the last of the mushrooms that we need. And you guys start taking count and like through all of the baskets and everything. And you have acquired the uh, exact number of mushrooms that you need with a couple of additional crystals than you needed. So if you guys would like to head back and make your start making your way back to the nameless city, we can do that. I, I feel like it's time. I think it would be the smartest in terms of saving our skins. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. If we've got what we need, at least enough that Miss Kel won't kill us. Let's get the hell out of here. Agreed. Jazara like takes the lead and like you guys start like booking it like back to the uh, where you were and the only trouble that you encounter is back at the very first ravine where the rope is tied <laughs> and I will make everyone roll me a uh, dexterity saving throw not to fall in the water as you cross this rope okay so that's the little box right that one is going to be up where it says on. saving th- it is saving it is yeah. a saving throw box okay yeah 20 Oh, shit. Natural uh, or not natural? Not natural. I got 19 plus 1. 18. Right. Yeah, okay. that's 17. Thank you. Alright, everybody everybody manages it. You get across the rope and uh, <laughs> Valkaria goes first. Like, she, like, move you move yourself along the rope as quickly as possible without dropping, like, any of the mushrooms or everything that are hanging from the basket. And then Asha, you know, very much with a hint of trepidation as you, like, go to grab the rope for the first time. And a little she, prayer. To the Moonweaver. And a little person. and a little prayer to the Moonweaver. And the Moonweaver smiles on you because you make it across with no issues. Like as you get to the other side, like Valkaria helps like pull you back up and everything. And then uh 
We provided Jazz. enough entertainment for the Moonweaver for one night. <laughs> yeah. She smiled on us. Jazz wants her rope back, so she unties the rope and leaps uh, to make Show it across off. the ravine. And she she squarely lands on the other side, like feet mm-hmm. down, and just like she doesn't like crouch or anything. She's just she lands fully on the other side. She just kind of gives Valkaria like this smirk, <laughs> like, yeah, got a problem with it. <laughs> and then she just kind of like saunters forward back to the, towards the nameless city, and you guys get towards like where the little alcove is, and you guys, like and Jazara uh, like watches for the you know for the uh, watch once again, and you guys are you've gotten there, and she's like sneak under the tunnel and back to the uh, Kel Tower, and a little more dirty than you left, a little more worn Bruised. out than you definitely would have been otherwise Bruised, some lingering bruises here and there but otherwise you have accomplished your mission and you bring everything um to uh ash's mother and she's it very appreciative a more <laughs> worse for wear than even yesterday yeah but she's very, she's very harried. <laughs> she's she's very like stressed and as soon as she sees you guys she's, oh. like she just lets out she doesn't say anything she just lets out this release of stress and like you can see it like kind of like fade out of her a little bit. And then immediately after that one moment of letting the stress go, she immediately pops back into action. She's just like, take this to the kitchen. And then to like all of the mushrooms. And she's ordering people around of like taking the crystals and doing this. And then she takes some of the crystals and like she's like giving them to people, like, go take these over here and like go hang these from this tree. And just immediately she went from a moment of pause for calm and then just she's back to a hundred percent. And just ordering people around here, that, and the other thing. Then she turns and she looks at the three of you and she's like, you are a mess. Go get cleaned up. The festival is in a few hours and all of you must be there. And in the background about that time, you hear Jacinda go, oh, more mushrooms. No, Jacinda. And I go quickly (laughs) grab her to distract her and say, Aunt Jacinda, let me do your hair. Oh, (laughs) Really? Will you put the pretty mushrooms in at this time? Only the prettiest for you, Aunt Jacinda. Oh, you're such a sweet girl. And she puts both of her hands over most of your face as she, like, kind of squishes your face. And it is uncomfortable and awkward, but she is occupied at this moment. And as, like, this is happening with Asha... Her mom is just shooing people with these new mushrooms away as quickly as possible. Like, go, 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 go. And Zara is kind of laughing, but at the same time, like, she is trying to get away from Jacinda. Because she's just like, uh-uh. Like, I'm not doing any of that. And as we get to our last little piece. <laughs> and you guys go home. You get cleaned up. You get yourselves all put together. You come back to the festival people honestly have a great time all of the things all of the the dishes needed to be made with the mushrooms that you guys got were made and like there several of which are ceremonial in purpose and they're all set out the ceremonies go without a hitch uh valkaria who has her own role in the ceremony as the heir she has her own situation going you perform your part of the ceremony and like you leave the little boring little script part that you have to read as part of the ceremony and asha you stand there with the other uh patrons of the like the people of the moon weaver and you push your magic into some of the uh at the at the proper time as a lot of the lanterns and everything are lit up and the festival of the blue moon um goes off without a hitch the 
blossom at the very top of the cave opens and the entirety of the population of the nameless city for one night gets to look upon the moon Katha in all of its blue full glory. Yay! End scene. That was fun. And that's where we'll end our session. Oh, you guys cool. have fun? Yes. Yes. I can't wait for Good. the next one. Good. I'm glad. I of course, this can't... was so, so low stakes, you know? <laughs> low stakes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but is there anything that was awkward, weird that you guys wanted to like address or anything like that? that... <laughs> no, um, I really kind of thought I was going to struggle with the role playing more, but, um, actually it's it literally all of easily. us just bickering with each yep. other. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, I love it. Was, it. It went really well. I love it. That's good. And I'm, I'm very excited it. to play. And uh, it, again, I, all of our shenanigans are going to be just amplified so very much when we actually get to the actual campaign. So if there's, um, so like you're getting more comfortable with the role play, which is good. How did you guys feel about the combat aspect of it? Really um, fine. Yeah. Like, actually, yeah, that went better than I thought too, because, well, because you're helping, but also, um, not as terrified of rolling and yeah. actions. Like, it's, and I kind of knew it was going to be that way once I actually got to do it. Like, it would suddenly, like, click yeah. more. Yeah. It and makes much more sense when you can look at it. Helps. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. I've always used D&D Beyond, so, like, the website makes the most sense to me. But mm. uh, it definitely helps to, like, be able to have it in hand, too. And yeah. I figured it would make a lot more sense once you play it because it looks like a lot until you do it. And then you realize, oh, it's it's much more simpler than you think it is. So Yeah. Very much so. But yeah, so I'm glad you guys had a good time. And uh, very uh, good time. That's good. What did you think of the maps? I know a couple of them were like harder to see, but oh no, I no. thought that was great. That oh, was really maps, helpful. That maps were great. Okay, good. So I, I plan on using that throughout the campaign. Just for one thing, it makes it make more sense than me sitting there like describing these things. Yeah. It, um, yeah. It, yeah. I, I'm the visual, visual in that way. Yeah. yeah we're. Okay. I, I figured as much I prefer looking at the maps too because it, it helps me like keep track of where you guys are. Um, as we do it in the future, I'm going to see if I can get tokens to place where everybody actually is, like you, me, and, uh, and Aaron, where we're all like just where we are exactly. So you okay. can know, like, because well, at, at some point, like the movement, how far you can move is going to start taking into effect. And okay. like I'll say, you know, like you're moving 30 feet, you're moving, you know, 40 feet or whatever. So it'll be easier if you can see how far you move. And every little mm -hmm. square on these maps, by the way, is five feet, just, okay. just for the record. And, uh, but yeah, if uh, it makes more, like it does just make more sense that you actually get to do it. So I figured you guys would probably have an easier time understanding it once we actually got to the point of play. Oh, so. for sure. For sure. And uh, and it'll be interesting as we, you know, like you guys encounter different characters and things like that. Um, I have to admit, I created your Aunt Jacinda on a whim, but I created her <laughs> quite a while ago. And I have been waiting for the moment I have been able to show her to you. And it's just like an inspiration of a mixture of Radagast, Trelawney, and then just somebody on mushrooms. Just <laughs> genuinely. She just was that <laughs> so much fun, like creating. I because I I sit here and I'm thinking to myself, what could I make Jucinda do? And then it just like gets wilder as we go. So, but I'm what glad you guys enjoyed it. Introduction to it. I know. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you guys liked it. So now, now I wonder what we're gonna do next. Oh, it's gonna be interesting. So I've got all of that planned out already. So 
whenever you guys are ready for the next session, just just let me know. I got it. All right. So, because it'll be um, 2000s trivia next week, and then uh, Order of the Phoenix, and then the last. If we do Order, we'll have to do Order of the Phoenix all in one sitting because Ariel's going to be in it. So that would make if you wanted to do the next D and B session on the 30th, we could do it then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the last Tuesday of the month. Okay. Are you coming for order two, or is it going to be just Ariel? I think it'll just be Ariel. Okay. Um, if Aaron, if you're not free on the 30th, we can move it like backwards and forwards. I should. That, that one should be perfectly fine for me. Okay. So then our yeah. next D and D session would be on the uh, 30th. So. Okay. Sounds and good. On- plenty of time for me to re-edit <laughs> my story. There you go. <laughs> so we can. Uh, I figured I won't read any of the like the stuff that i read at the beginning of the episode like i'm not going to read any of that in the future right. or whatever we're just gonna uh, pick back up yeah because it'll it the technically it's a couple months later like this okay. is all happening okay. like it's a couple months later so and uh but yeah so i've got all that sorted out and i'm gonna test in the meantime whether or not it's easier for like just me to have the D screen and then or if it's easier for you guys to like log into it to look at it too so okay we'll see how that goes but uh, okay. the only thing that bothers me about that is like I can see you guys really well with Google Meets, but the one on the website is real small. It's only about like this big, so it's kind of annoying. Oh. So yeah, and I'm just like technically we could use Podcastle and like just leave the video camera on, but then at the same time you're, I'm just like going like this and then like this, <laughs> and it's, so it's like easier just for to have it on one. So, but uh, especially because I have Podcastle like minimized too, so right? Might just leave it like just like this, but. Uh, you know, I can move everything around. So, okay. but, uh, but yeah, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. And your first, very first D and D session, you can officially call yourself D and D players. I'm Yay! so excited. Such nerds. <laughs> Such nerds. We've hit like the epitome of nerddom. So yeah, we're, we're, uh, making our nerd foremothers proud. Right. Exactly. May they be proud of us and our insanity. <laughs> All right. Uh, beyond yeah. that, Thank you both for playing with me. So, thank, thank you for you. DMing. Yes, that was a I, lot of work. That was a lot of work. I don't know how the hell you pulled half that shit out of your ass. I, <laughs> I saving up the D and D energy. Yeah, honestly, a little bit, yeah. And <laughs> it was some improvisation stuff, like here and there, um, which I that didn't bother me because I was never like worried about my improvisation skills because uh, I can bullshit at the drop of hat with no problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just getting everything like in order and like where we're going to go from step one to step two, especially with like the, like, you know, what environments I want all of you in and what to do in the meantime. So, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it, I definitely can note some places I can improve on. Uh, but uh, overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. So I thank you for being the first people in my own D and D campaign. So yeah, so excited. But yeah, um, beyond that, I think everything is good. So we will uh, talk to all of you later. Thank you all of you for listening to our very first D&D session. Um, I hope you we hope you enjoy it. the shenanigans because we sure did. We very much I did. really hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did because we definitely enjoyed it quite a bit. And there's a lot crazier and wilder things to come if you thought weird mole creatures and <laughs> half spider creatures. Spider centaurs. And Ash's Aunt Jacinda were weird. You guys have no idea what's coming for you. I I just want to see more interactions between Aunt Jacinda and Mrs. Mm -hmm. Kel. 
fair enough. Like the next session will just be an hour straight of just me talking to myself. <laughs> 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 it's slightly different voices. It's just like, there you go. It'll be the whole the whole show right there. So <laughs> that works. All right, guys. Thank you so much Great. for listening uh, to our first in the uh, session of The Nameless City. And um, yeah, have a good time. Thank you for joining us. And uh, prepare yourselves for the next bullshit that comes around. Uh, 2000s trivia should come out next. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Shadow Sorceress out! <laughs> How do I follow it's, that? It's <laughs> funny because my character currently is the only one who doesn't have her subclass. She won't get hers until the next level up. Okay. So so she, Jazara's going to get interesting she has her own subclass she's about to have when she levels up for the first time so because rangers don't get theirs until level three so so she's gonna get uh she's gonna get interesting and it definitely has some underdark flavor to it so it's the only flavor to have that's true so we'll see you guys next time thank you so much Bye. bye quick disclaimer here for everyone um D&D is a product of Wizards of the Coast. Credit for the creation of Xandria itself goes to Matthew Mercer and his people over at Critical Role. And we are just playing in it. The creation of the Nameless City in our party is uh, our own creation of the Sorry Not Sorry generation. And uh, we are excited to get to play in uh, Matthew Mercer's world, though there is obviously no affiliation with Critical Role, Matthew Mercer, or any of his people. The music that you hear in this episode is from the Tabletop Audio, with the exception of the ending song for the festival, which is my own creation, over at a serendipitous setting over on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you, and see you guys next time. Tune in next week for more fuckery, because we have some serious questions and concerns. I mean, this cat, I'm interviewing a cat for a podcast. I'm not bothered by it.
only one more Word document. <laughs> Beautiful I readings. I promise. And don't worry, none of the other sessions are going to start with this much heavy reading. 